From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is seven minutes past the hour, and ladies and gentlemen, welcome to TGIF. Early in the morning. Woo. I just did an exercise and I couldn't believe my eyes as I kept going and going and going. I I don't think that I can ever recall anything like this. Now, we probably over the course of a few days, many times in our lifetime, we've had more rain than what we're about to get. But check this out. Now, if Dark Sky, which is, again, the app that has served me incredibly well for many many years sad to report it sunsets on uh january 1st of the new year still can't believe that but anyhow light rain and this again this is all subject to exactly where you are i i I mean i can't tell every single person that's listening from so many different locations but let's just say the new jersey metro market Light rain begins at 9 p.m. tonight. It will turn to a steady rain at about 3 a.m. It will continue to be a steady rain until 2 p.m. tomorrow. Then it will turn to light rain by 3 p.m. And then get ready for this. With the exception of an hour or so here and there, and not many times. It will continue to rain, light rain, until Wednesday of next week at 11 a.m. I'm giving you this report on Friday. Now we're at, let's see, a little less than 15 hours before the rain is supposed to begin, the light rain. But let me repeat that, light rain Around 9 o'clock tonight, it'll be light rain from 9 p.m. tonight until about 3 a.m. when most folks will be sleeping. From 3 a.m. until 2 p.m. tomorrow, so 11 straight hours of steady rain. Then by 3 p.m. tomorrow, it will turn back to light rain, and it's going to rain consecutively with the exception of, I think it was something like two or three different hours. Not in a row either, just here and there. It will rain, light rain, consecutively until Wednesday of next week. That's basically more than half of today, all of Saturday, all of Sunday, all of Monday, All of Tuesday, get what I'm saying? And a piece of Wednesday. About half of it. I I almost couldn't believe my eyes. I still can't believe it. We'll see how it all plays out, but I'm telling you, that's what the report says. Let me back that up by my second source. Obviously, Town Square Media is my first source, but we've got, you hear that, 
right before we come on, and then I'm giving you some other interpretations, models, whatever you want to call it. All right, let's see. Let's check the weather, weather channel. Yeah, it is true. A friend just wrote it will clear up for your dinner. All I ask for, I'm telling you, like I tell you all the time, bad luck with little things, phenomenal luck with big things. By Wednesday, I'm sorry, by Thursday, when we have like move-in day, if you will, day before the dinner, zero chance of rain, 69 degrees for the high. And that almost, the temperature really doesn't even matter. I just don't want it to be windy and I don't want it to be rainy because we're moving some stuff into the hotel. And even though you're underneath in the Portica share, it's still, it's still not nice. You know, the stuff can blow and, you know, so yeah, Thursday um, and Friday, of course, uh, because we're blessed. All right, let's see. Let's see what this all says. Let's see. My phone's going bananas right now. Trying to do too many things at one time. All right, so, yeah, 37%. I'm not going to really count that. It could, according to this weather channel, it, there's a 37% chance that rain could start at 4 p.m. today. 45% by 5 p.m., then in the low 40s to mid 40s, until 7, 8 o'clock, 58%, 9 o'clock, 68%. So it's very similar. I mean, it could start before 9 o'clock tonight, but it's it's more likely that that's mirroring what we just said. All right, now I'm looking and the same deal. They show some times where it's in the 40s and 50% by late Saturday but still rain is in the forecast even here the weather the weather channel shows that maybe half the time it might not be raining so we'll see um the dark sky much more um definitive this this shows the percentage and i guess I could go into dark sky a little deeper and maybe some of those percentages. Whenever you're at 30% or more, they will show rain in the forecast. But I went into dark sky, what will it actually be doing? Not just what the forecast is. So we'll see. In any event, there's going to be a lot of rain and it might not always be heavy, but it's going to be nasty for a number of consecutive days. But lo and behold, by Thursday of next week, perfection. All right, let me do this. I want to talk about Vice President Harris, but I don't want to do it in the three minutes that we have before our first break. So I'm going to hold that until right after the break. Let me take this opportunity to remind all baseball fans You don't have to be a Yankee fan that Aaron Judge continues his pursuit. They had a night off. His pursuit of the all-time single-season home run record. It's the only record that we acknowledge. 
And that, I'm, I'm very pleased to report that's how normal Americans feel. Abnormal Americans like steroids for some reason. But I don't. Look, I, I think they're magical and restorative if you're prescribed them by a doctor for an injury that won't heal or for some kind of other malady, but not to gain an advantage in terms of athletic competition. Aaron Judge goes for number 62. It's it's like tailor-made. He, 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 there are these times where just everything goes your way. And that's been Aaron Judge's season. With only six games left, he's not been injured once. Now, he's probably played with some dings that we don't know about, but we've never heard of anything by way of injury. And he runs the bases, steals, you know, stretches for extra bases. I mean, runs out ground balls. I mean, he's really going, you know, gangbusters. And he has stayed healthy. Six games left. Tailor-made. Three in a row starting tonight. And I'm crossing my fingers because... What if some of these games aren't necessary and they don't make them up? Would that be a disaster if Judge doesn't get to 62? Now, tonight, let me just double-check something. As of yesterday, and I'm going to go to Dark Sky. I'm not using the Weather Channel for this. I have New York always ready to go. It's a place that... I'll tell you, I used to love New York. I don't anymore, but I used to just love it. Yeah, we're good. No rain. No rain. There's a... um, Let's see what the percentage chance is. Uh, 42% chance of rain beginning at 1 a.m. The game will be long over by then. All right, so tonight's game gets in. Now let's see. Saturday, ooh, 98% chance of rain. And it's a day game. 105, I believe. All right, well, they'll get that game in, even if they have to make that a night game. The rain is out. It's light, It's rain, light rain beginning at 1 a.m. until 7 a.m., Steady rain from 7 a.m. to 11 a.m. Light rain until 1 p.m. Heavy rain between 1 and 3. Light rain between 3 and 7. Then there's no rain in the forecast beginning at 7 p.m. So they'll put the tarp down and probably wind up playing... You don't with pitching and everything. You don't. I don't think you should start if you know the rain is going to be out. They shouldn't start a game in light rain and 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 just have to stop and start and all that. That's how you get people hurt. So hopefully they'll just wait. It's what I would do. They're all there. It doesn't really matter. Make it seven seven oh five start. That will be good. Now let's see Sunday. Same deal. And Sunday is supposed to be, uh, and I think the Yankees have to fly out to Texas, Texas Rangers. 
I'll double check that, but that rings a bell. So kind of the same deal. Light rain from, uh, I won't even talk about midnight and all that. It doesn't matter. Light rain from 9 a.m. until 5 p.m. And then the rain is out. I would have to think they're going to get all three games in, but that they might have to adjust the uh, the starting times, which of course will make it tough for the Yankees heading out if they have to. It, it, you want to play, especially on Sunday. Saturday doesn't really matter. On that Sunday, you want to get an early start if you can. The Yankees get screwed all season on away games because the away teams usually play them on purpose at 7.05. But when the Yankees can control it and it's a home game, they will do it at 105, sometimes 205, but something early. So I would say when we come back on Monday, these two things I think will be true. The Yankees will find a way to get all three games in. They'll probably have to move the start time potentially of two of them. Not today. And Aaron Judge, when I come back on Monday, I will be able to sign on and say that he is the no asterisks, that he is the all-time single-season home run record holder in the entire history of Major League Baseball. That is pretty cool. Fox News commentary. Hashtag bring back masks was trending on Twitter this week and further evidence liberals love masks and are not going to be happy until you learn to love them too. Not going to happen. I'm Tommy Lahren. More next. The dollar is in grave danger as Russia and China recruit more nations into their anti-dollar alliance known as BRICS. If this continues, how much longer until the dollar is worthless? Stephen K. Bannon here. I urge you to get Birch Gold's free info kit on sheltering your savings with a gold IRA. To get your free copy, text the word SHELTER to 989898. With inflation continuing to explode, it's critical you take action today. Text SHELTER to 989898 right now debate over two years in the making. Should we all strap face diapers ear to ear for eternity to maybe or maybe not kind of sort of protect ourselves and others from the glorified cold that is COVID? <laughs> well, if you're still wondering where I stand on the issue, let me be clear. I will never wear a mask again unless I'm in an operating room, it's Halloween, or the mask is for skin benefits. As for the flimsy cloth face diapers, no. But the liberals of Twitter won't let it go. The hashtag bring back mask trended this week, presumably by folks out there who still wear them alone in the car. Listen, if you guys want to wear masks until the cows come home, that's fine and dandy, but stop trying to force the rest of us who are mostly healthy and unafraid to follow your face covering trend. The cloth ones are little more than decoration and the science shows it. So stop with the mask pushing. I'm Tommy Lahren and you can listen to all of my hot takes at foxnewscommentary.com. Markley, Van Camp and Robbins this afternoon at one. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you for waking up early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5, all because of you and only because of you, South Jersey's number one news talk radio station. It is Harry Hurley asking you, offering you to seize the deal. I think this is one of the best values that I've heard about in a long time, especially in this age of hyperinflation. The South Jersey golf card is now on sale. You can play seven fabulous courses for just $149. I did the math. That's approximately, because it's an odd number, 
approximately $21.29 per round. I don't know where I've ever seen that. Get your South Jersey golf card now at SeizeTheDeal.com. SeizeTheDeal.com. And what a deal that is. The $149 South Jersey golf card. Wow. Good stuff. All right. uh, The Vice President of the United States. Wowza, wowza, wowza. Come on. just, Just join with me. It's easier to try to remember a single time where this idiot vice president that we have. That's why I keep telling you it's, it's a terrible choice, but we have to pray. I mean, like on our knees for president Biden. I can't say for his health because it's not good. I'm going to tell you after the break, something that has taken me quite a while to put together, but I figured it out because it was so strange to see, and I was giving every benefit of the doubt, but yesterday I connected all the dots. I figured it out, and I'll let you in on it too. You'll either agree with me or not care about it or uh, disagree with me, but I can't think of a time where Vice President Kamala Harris has gone anywhere that she doesn't make major mistakes. And I'm telling you, I, I, I have that figured out, too. She just isn't very smart. She doesn't do her homework. She's sloppy. She's visiting the Korean demilitarized zone, and she touted the United States, quote, alliance with the Republic of North Korea. Quote, the United States shares a very, showing you it's not a gaffe. She meant to say it because she said it twice. Quote, the United States shares a very important relationship, which is an alliance with the Republic of North Korea. Now, if you think that's a small matter, think about how Kim Jong-un is going to use that as propaganda he can play he can play the the video the audio reprint the transcript he doesn't even have to lie about it strategic important alliance with the republic of north korea you have joe biden Asking where is Representative Jackie Werlowski? Was she in attendance when she had died in a tragic car accident in August? So just yesterday, you have Biden looking around the room for a person who has died. You have Kamala Harris talking about our alliance and important relationship with North Korea and Kim Jong-un. Come on. What an absolute disaster. 30 minutes past the hour on the Hurley in the Morning program. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. 
And it's Harry Hurley with three stories that you can follow on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. This one we broke about an hour and a half ago. Atlanta County Republican Party Chairman Dom Purdy is calling out his, um, what would you call it, his counterpart, Chairman Michael Suleiman. We have the story. It's not really what Michael did. It's what he didn't do and what someone else did. An Atlantic City mayor criminal referral and George Tibbet basically has apologized. From the Townsquare, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zaro. The center of Hurricane Ian is now 600 miles south-southwest of New Jersey and will start to feel Ian impacts later today. So far, so good this morning. Temperatures mainly in the 50s. We're topping out at 66 today, mostly cloudy with an increasing chance of showers this afternoon into tonight. Getting breezy tonight, low 59. Pockets of heavy rain and gusty winds tomorrow morning through midday. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Download every Hurley in the Morning program as a podcast on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. 36 minutes past the hour. Thanks for waking up early in the morning. Well, remember, we didn't want a blue ribbon and we didn't want any celebration When it came true, we guaranteed you well in advance of Hurricane Ian striking Florida how the Democrats would trash DeSantis and then utilize it for any benefit that these creeps can possibly conjure up. And so look how they've all well. And it's an okie doke, too. You don't you have the president not trashing DeSantis and working with him. Although he did, and it was improper, Biden did call different mayors uh, well before speaking to the governor. And, and you don't do that. But, of course, this is a jackass backwards administration. So you get, you get what you get. So they haven't been great, but they pretend that they're being great because they have all their allies in the Democrat media and the Democratic members of Congress to do the trashing. So it's they keep their hands clean, but they're dirty as hell uh, in reality. So you, from Amy Klobuchar, she's talking about uh, climate change and, uh, you know, we passed the Inflation Reduction Act and, and which is silly to say that because what does that have to do with climate change? But the whole thing is about climate change. They, they, they worship at the altar of climate change. Everything is because, it, you know, I'd love to know a worse hurricane hit Florida in 1935. Was that also climate change? Or are you Democrats just sick? I'll go with the latter, not the former. So you had a bunch of them. This fool, Don Lemon, he's got a um, a serious weather person on. Uh, what would you say about climate change you know, having uh, everything to do with uh, this hurricane. And and the, the guy said, look, we can talk about climate change anytime or another time, but let's talk about this. And then Don Lemon actually repeated the stupid question again. And he said, look, you know, I'm not an expert. No, yeah, no kidding, jackass. I'm not an expert, but, you know, you can see that they're getting more severe. And I mean, they they worship their radicalism. 
but it all came true. They're trashing DeSantis. The, the fools on The View and all these different liberal creeps going after DeSantis. How do you do that at a time where people are dying and have died? How do they, how do they live like this? But they do. Remember Katrina, how President Bush trashed Biden's not going to get trashed ever. This guy can't even read a teleprompter. Now, maybe you haven't noticed this. I can't miss it. Let me explain something to you, and I don't have time to go into the um, the technical aspects of the chosen microphone for the White House. But with the exception of the four Trump years, Trump went back to a different kind of microphone at the podium. And I really don't know why, but the it's called Sure. Not sure, sure. S H U R E. It's a standard. It's it's an amazing like this particular uh electro voice microphone that I use. And I'll be totally candid with you. This is the standard. Rush Limbaugh used it. I was going to say uses it. Used it. And you'll find it in most radio stations. The Electro Voice. But on the podium for the President of the United States. And listen, sure, it's a great microphone. Truly. You'll see two of them. With the same uh, windscreen that I use. The real big one, which I love. You know why I love it? It just, it looks good. It's big. It looks big. It looks good. I mean, it's really cool. So Biden's at these presidential podiums with two sure microphones with the two big jumbo windscreens. The expectation is that's, those are the microphones that you would use. But I've noticed over the past probably two weeks that those two microphones are there, but Biden has been using a hand microphone with no windscreen on it, by the way. If you're going to do that, put a windscreen on the hand mic. That's not my observation, though, although it was one. I wanted to figure out why is he using a handheld mic when he's got the two mics at the podium? Most people wouldn't pick up on that. It, it's glaring, though, to me, because this is my business. Just like if you notice something that I wouldn't notice, because that's your business. Everybody has a different spectrum of observation. So this was, this was, um, this was interesting to me. And I became inquisitive about it. I looked at I looked up every possible way I could search it, and there's no reporting on this. This is the first reporting in the country that I'm aware of on this topic. So yesterday at the um, the FEMA briefing with that other fool Mayorkas, Biden was speaking. And he was using 
the two Shure mix, uh, the, well, Shure mixer is also very famous. Uh, the two Shure microphones. Everything looked normal. He's at the podium. He's reading a teleprompter very poorly that you can't see. But and the media is so good to him, they won't show the teleprompters. It's, it's, it's just so rigged. Never show a wide shot to show the teleprompters. So he's talking and he's hacking and he's having a hard time. His voice is, is not working well. He goes, I'm going to use this mic. And it's at the podium, but you can't see it because there's a, a little area where, you know, you can have something tucked in there and you just don't see it on camera. He picks up the hand mic. He says, I'm going to use this one. And he did what I call choking the mic. It's not an expression that I made up. But he's almost, his mouth is almost touching the microphone. And then I said, my suspicion is true. See, the podiums have, and the podium actually typically, like the White House one, is um, motorized. You, it can go up and down depending on the height of the presenter. Because you might have a, a very tall, like Jim Comey could come in. The guy's a giant. And then you might have Dana Perino. So the podium goes up and down. Uh, Sean Spicer didn't seem to realize that. Because he had it up too high. And then that sh- made his shoulders go up high. And that made his jacket all puff up in the back. And it, it drove President Trump crazy. He said, this guy's got to get suits that fit. It was partially he didn't have suits that fit correctly, but it was also because he had bad posture at the podium. I know this sounds tremendously picayune, but it matters, though. So Biden picks up the hand mic. I'm going to use this mic, he said, out of nowhere, because he realized he wasn't projecting well. And so I, I finally figured it out. It was my suspicion because I was giving every benefit of the doubt. Hey, maybe he's going out into the crowd and he's got the handheld mic so that he can talk to other people and put them on mic. But he wasn't ever doing that because he can't do that because then he can't read the teleprompter. And there's only so, only so many note cards they can put in his, in his uh, pajama pocket with his slippers as he shuffles. So I said, there it is. He can't project over the normal microphones. So he needs the handheld mic. I'm telling you, it's just another declination of this president's lack of vitality. And you're going to probably say, oh, my God, you just you won't let the man breathe. You're picking on anything. I'm telling you, that's a big deal. Those two mics are perfectly tuned. They have the best equipment. And he is a a proper distance away that he should be able to use the two mics at the podium. But he can't. So what they do is he uses the handheld mic and they jack it up, the volume. And I'm telling you, You know my observations that I make in this regard. Whether it was a listener that called me one day and I said, listen, I am not a doctor, but you need to go to one. 
because I heard it in this person's voice. I hear when people have um, a wheeze and you hear that after they speak with, I mean, I hear it all. I've, I've got a, I've got great hearing and especially in my headset. And I'm telling you, I made an observation that no one else that I'm aware of in the entire country has made. I'm not bragging about that. It's just, I do take pride in my attention to detail. And when I see something that doesn't look right, I go after the reason. I know, I know there's a reason for it. He's got two perfectly good mics. Now, look, I would always have a handheld mic and with the power off, ready to go if the two if the mics went bad at the podium you got the handheld mic and away you go back up but he's been using this then then i thought all right maybe he wants to be folksy and not be at the podium so he steps around the podium and then addresses that way i kept giving him any benefit every benefit of the doubt but it still didn't seem right because he wasn't doing that either because he needs the, tel- the teleprompter or we don't have a president. All we have to do, I'm telling you, let's find out who loads that teleprompter and they're the president of the United States. Whoever writes the text for him to read, they're the president, not him. He's the president in name only. But see if you notice that. I don't know if it's going to continue, but it's been going on for about two weeks and it's taken me this amount of time till yesterday. And I, it, I just so happened because I don't watch a lot of TV. And when I say I do watch uh, a fair amount of TV, but for my entertainment purposes, I don't watch a lot of, I don't watch any political talk shows to speak of. And I don't watch that much news. I, I watch a bit. But I caught that yesterday. And when he pulled that extra mic out and said, hey, I'm going to use this one. I said, there you go. Now we know. So there you have it. Another reason to not have much confidence in what the hell's going on around here. Yesterday, just a great day, though. Great day. Can you say great day? Can you say great day? Kamala Harris, idol worshiping Kim Jong-un in North Korea. Within 24 hours, just previous to that, President Biden asking if a congresswoman is here. Three different ways he asked if she was here. Then, of course, the press secretary says, oh, no, 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 no. She's just top of mind with him. Oh, really? That's how it works? Top of mind means you ask if a person who is deceased, even the husband had to say, look, it's forgivable. But he said, it was disturbing. But that gets no coverage. But it does here because this is. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. For complete contest rules, visit WPGTalkRadio.com. Well, when daylight struck yesterday, when you looked at... Um, Lee County, where the um, massive hurricane just under a Category 5 
power uh, struck, it, it just it just devastated. It flattened areas. I mean, just destroyed people, places, things. One of the real visuals, too, was the um, Sanibel Causeway, which really is, it's, to me, it's an architectural wonder, splendor to see. Multiple sections have unfortunately collapsed. And the estimate upon inspection is that about 50 to 65 feet of the causeway has collapsed, but you've got five major breaches. So I heard Governor DeSantis talk about it. I heard Florida Representative Byron Donalds talk about it. And the governor was saying that he doesn't know if it's going to be able to be fixed. They may have to just tear the whole thing down and start again. And can you imagine this is the only connection from Sanibel Island to mainland Florida. It is just devastating. And the storm was just so, so powerful that sections of it just collapsed into the Gulf of Mexico. So that was one of the um, the very visual things. And, of course, the flattened homes and businesses and things like that. Still untold loss of life. There's no... No reporting. One news agency was willing to go on record and say that they have confirmed 10 people are dead. It's it's not going to be 10. I'm going to trust the Lee County Sheriff uh, who said, and that's Marcini, who said that it's hundreds just in Lee County. Now, let me see how many discerning listeners are aware of what I'm about to share. Did you know, this would be a couple of did you knows. Did you know that Ernest Hemingway had a Florida mansion? Yes or no? If you said yes, you would be correct. We have learned and we have confirmed that Ernest Hemingway's Florida mansion is intact, which is awesome. And did you know that There are still 59 cats who live there at Hemingway's Florida mansion. He has a home or had a home in Key West. Now it had debris and it was struck with all kinds of stuff and the wind and all that. There's some superficial wind damage because it got hit by a category four hurricane. But the Ernest Hemingway Home and Museum said that the structure of the home is fine. Quote, we've seen some debris blown across the grounds and wind damage. A lot has been blown across the garden. And this is their spokesperson, Alexa Morgan. And of course, I had to go to the Daily Mail in the United Kingdom to get this story. It cracks me up. But the cats were sheltered on the property before the storm hit. Some staff members stayed on site to tend to the felines. And it all started, this colony, when a sailor gave Hemingway a six-toed cat. My son has a six-toed cat named Ripley. 
This six-toed cat was named Snow White, and all 59 cats are of the six-toed variety. See, I thought that was just an anomaly, but that's actually a variety. All the cats are safe. They are not in cages. They walk around, and uh, they know to get to safety during storms. So there's a little Hemingway for you, a little culture. Open Forum begins now. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJ HD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, thank you. Approaching seven minutes past the hour, I wish you all a very, very happy TGIF. Let's make it a great day. Hurricane Ian will make landfall sometime late morning, early afternoon in South Carolina as a Category 1 Hurricane right now, packing winds of 85 miles per hour. So what we talked about yesterday, it was pretty easy to predict. It was over land, so it loses steam. It goes back over the water, and that's fuel. It picks up steam. So it's predictable, and it's exactly where uh, folks knew that it would be. And now we have to just make sure that all the folks in South Carolina and North Carolina – uh, you know, farewell. I mean, obviously, they're not going to get hit with anything like what happened uh, to Florida. Probably is going to turn out that this may be the worst hurricane to ever hit Florida. And they've had some bad ones, including the one we referenced about 45 minutes ago uh, in 1935. 609 407 1450 phone lines are open in the next hour, and it's going to be very special. It is our own. Hurley in the morning, special salute to Paul Rotella, who is leaving the NJBA as president and chief executive officer after 14 years. So we're going to regale and celebrate Paul's amazing 14 years of advocacy, recognition for our industry. I'm forever grateful to Paul. Think about it during Paul's time as president and chief executive officer of the New Jersey Broadcasters Association, we went into the New Jersey Broadcasters Association Hall of Fame, which was always a dream of mine, and also, and still the only, but the inaugural recipient a couple of years ago of the Broadcaster of the Year for the state of New Jersey. So obviously, I'm very professionally grateful to Paul, and I want to salute his um, service here and when he would lobby in Washington and all the hard work that he has done to promote radio throughout the state and throughout the country. That's next hour. Nine o'clock hour, official, early in the morning, mental health break. We're going to discuss with Don Hurley, music and memories, Aaron Judge, and the Lou Pacone dinner in Vineland last night, which I understand was uh, epic. And Don will tell you who Lou Pacone is. Very special man. 609-407-1450. We have an open phone line. 
for you to join the program. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Wow, right off the back. Hello, boss. Good morning. Good morning to you, How Matt. You? Good. Yeah, I heard you mentioning uh, um, about the hurricane earlier. Um, there's a, something called uh, AEC. I don't, I don't know if you know what that means, but it's it's the death that's after um, after after the event. Right. Deaths after the event. Okay. So what what happens is these people try and get back to their houses. You know, they try their best to get back to their houses. Yep. And they, you know, they wade through this water that has chemicals in it, it has oil, it has gas, it has diesel in it, who knows what's in that water, okay? Mm -hmm. And they also, you know, some guys will put a ladder up and try and cut the limb off the top of their house that fell into their house, and they get hurt and die. Um, so the, the sheriff of Lee County is like, we, we can't give you an official... Uh, a total of the deaths that, that came from the storm because there's there's deaths that come after the event and it happens every single hurricane. Well, yeah, I mean, th th things fall on people, uh, down electrical wires that, that are charged. Uh, people get killed that way. There's no doubt about it. I, I didn't call it that acronym that you shared, but I actually addressed that in my monologue, the, the number of people that are dead from the storm itself and then there will be people that will die after the fact. It's tragic, but it's 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 true every single time. And I, and I would imagine, especially true with this one, because the scope of the damage is so massive. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, you come back, you're your house, there's a tree limb on the roof. You're like, oh, my God, I, I, you know, you spent your whole life paying for this house and, and you want to get it off. But, you know, and people, people, people. They, you know, they're not safe. They just want it off of there, and then stuff happens, and it's a shame, man. I, I mean, I don't know how many people are actually. Well, what's your what's your estimate of what you think the damage, the total deaths will be from? Oh, yeah, the oh, the deaths. Okay. Um, well, I, I it's hard for me to get out of my head that the Lee County Sheriff Marcini uh, Marcino said. Um, hundreds that's just there now that's the worst area uh lee county got hit the worst um i'll just go with it's going to be in the hundreds or or he would be totally wrong i know it's going to be more than the 10 that are confirmed right now property damage matt estimate is now i haven't heard an estimate since the end of the day yesterday but early yesterday the estimate was projected to be 60 to $70 billion worth of damage. Well, I can believe that because I've been to Lee County. There's some beautiful homes there, and people really take nice care of their properties, and it's a shame. I, I mean, it's a shame. And then I, I got to listen to this Biden and, and this Kamala Harris yesterday. Biden's talking to a dead woman. Kamala Harris is praising on uh, North Korea. And we, come on, man. What's going on with this country, Harry? Please help me. Help well, me with well this. Hey, I'll tell you, that's an easy one. Elections have consequences. Joe Biden picked the most unpopular Democrat he could have run with. He, he solely picked her because she's African-American. 
It doesn't matter that she's really unpopular, that she does not appear to be very smart. And and the Democrats didn't like her, to quote Rocky Balboa, none too much either, uh, because uh, she didn't make it out of uh, the year before the election. She had less than one percent Democrat support. So you've got the one that's cognitively impaired and you got the other that's just completely not ready for prime time. It's a recipe for absolute disaster. Got it. Yep. Got it. Got it. Got it, Coach. Thank you very much. Thank you, Matt. Have a great day and go Aaron Judge. Yes, I'm watching. Believe me, I'm watching. Yeah, you got it, man. I hope the rain holds out. Well, no, the rain, he can get it tonight. Uh, the rain is not going to be a factor tonight, and they may have to move the games. But there's windows over the next two days where they'll get the games in. There'll be no reason, in my estimation, if the weather uh, forecast is correct, they'll, they'll get the games in. I just don't know that there'll be day games. They may have to move them. But he's going to get this done. Then it's on to Texas. Uh, I'm trying to remember because it is so hot in Texas. Is the Texas Stadium an enclosed stadium? No, it's. I think it's open, but it, it's. I mean, it's not that bad down there this time of year. I mean, no, this time of year. The, the reason I brought up how hot it gets is that's the reason why, for example, Houston Astros Stadium has a retractable roof. The reason I bring that up is I like that when you've got to get something in because the playoffs are going to begin when the playoffs are going to begin, and if games don't matter. They don't play them. Aaron Judge needs to play these games until he gets this 60-second home run. That would be cruel, beyond cruel, if he doesn't get to play a 162-game season because the games don't count. You know, there aren't, the results don't matter. And if the positions are all decided, I think Baltimore is out of the playoff picture. So those games don't have to be played. And I'm not sure that the Texas games have to be played. That's why I would love it because I want him to get multiple shots here. So there's no pressure that he only has like one game and has to get a home run. He's got allegedly six games, but we'll see if the weather and the baseball rules will cooperate. Got to run to break. He was Matt. I am Harry. And here is Sean Hannity. It's 16 minutes past the hour on the Hurley in the Morning program. Your Morning Expresso starts right here. It's the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. There's a reason that Joe Biden is out there demonizing half the country with his MAGA Republicans or evil speech. There's a reason Barack Obama stepped in this weekend and played the race card. Uh, There's a reason Hillary Clinton compared Trump supporters at a Trump rally in Ohio to Nazis. Um, Because they can't run on their policies. As I've been telling you, they can't run on the economy. They can't run on inflation. They can't run on their disastrous energy policies, which was abandoning energy independence and begging other countries for the lifeblood of our economy. They can't run on border security. They can't run on law and order because everybody knows they're the party of defund, dismantle, and no bail. They can't run on foreign policy because it's been one unmitigated disaster after another. They can't run on any of these things. The Sean Hannity Show from coast to coast later today. You know, there's no sign that identity theft is slowing down. And frankly, why should it? You have more than $14 billion stolen from identity theft victims last year alone. Now, to cyber criminals, that's their success story. To the rest of us, it's a wake-up call. 
Now, all of us are putting our personal information at risk every day in more places than ever. And all of that exposure can make it really dangerous and easy to steal your identity. Now, LifeLock by Norton, they make it easy to help protect yourself by monitoring your identity and alerting you to threats that you could miss on your own. If you become a victim, you will get a U.S.-based LifeLock restoration specialist that will be dedicated to your case and help you fix it. Now, look, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor every single transaction of every single business. But if you use my name, Hannity, you'll save an additional 25% off your first year. Just call 1-800-LIFELOCK or go to LifeLock.com. Use the promo code Hannity. 1-800-LIFELOCK. LifeLock.com. Promo code Hannity. Healthy life. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Join me today at 3, but now back to Hurley in the Morning right here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM South Jersey's talk station. Correct. Thank you, Sean Hannity. 22 minutes past the hour. My, I asked my friend Bob Progner if he would be kind enough to call in, and he said he would, and he did, and he's here. Because, number one, he knows a whole lot about Florida. And over the past, probably even before the storm hit, we've been talking to one another about what was expected and then what happened. And uh, Bob has a lot of video, a lot of photos, and he has property uh, in Florida. So he can really speak to this at a very um, personal level, but a very conversant, smart level as well. So, Bob, it seems as though you and Cindy were very fortunate and pretty much locked out, didn't you? Oh, ex- extremely fortunate, Harry. You know, I uh, I do go to church, but I don't go to church enough. And, you know, I really need to go to church uh, much, much more because God looked, looked after us. I mean, uh, that hurricane, the way it was tracking, uh, just maybe an hour before it, 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 actually made landfall it it made a a pretty significant jog to the east and and that was all the difference it you know it landed it made landfall the official landfall was on an island that was pretty much uninhabited it's called koya casa and you can see it from the end of gasparilla island where we have property significant amount of property uh uh and it it had it, had it, that's just 10 miles away. Mm. That's it. It's only 10, the eye wall made landfall only 10 miles away. It made all the difference, though, because the, the brunt of the impact, it, it was taken by those to the south of the eye wall. Uh, and it's because that, that, that right-hand quadrant of the hurricane that's the worst that's that brings all the onshore flow all the all the storm surge uh is created by that quadrant and and we we were just extremely extremely lucky uh uh you know the the eye at three o'clock <clears throat> i got a wet weather reading there the weather channel was still you know the app was still producing readings and uh it was dead calm it was dead, dead calm in boca grand mm. Which means, you know, the eye wall is is there, right? But what we were hit by again. It was it was the the, the western eye wall, or the the you know the it, it was not the the you know the, the dirty or the bad part of the eye wall. Which then made the bad part, Fort Myers Beach, uh, Lee County area, got absolutely demolished, right? 
Yeah, yeah, they they were just creamed. They were just, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I saw I, some of them were yours, but I saw additional still photography and video. There were parts of Fort Myers Beach area that it was just flattened, Bob. Well, Harry, you know the the storm surge is 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 what really causes the, the, the that's what that's what kills people, and that's what really causes the 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 horrible horrible damage. Now the the wind, there was a lot of wind damage on on in Boca Grande, which is Boca Grande is Gasparilla Island. That's that's just to the north of of where the hurricane made landfall, and there there was significant wind damage. Uh, you know, and there's a lot of landscaping is just, you know, it, it's, there is damage, but, but structurally, I mean, we'll, we'll be fine. The, you know, let, the let me ask you a couple of questions that have been going through my mind. And this will be just in it after properly paying respect to those who died and those who have been hurt. The human resource value always comes first. But if we went next layer and said, 60 70 billion i think it's going to be even more i think it's i mean when you look uh at the bridge that's out that whole thing is probably going to have to come down i don't think it's going to be 60 or 70 billion i think it's going to be over 100 billion uh those were just estimates before you could really see uh what probably may turn out to be the worst hurricane to ever hit florida i started thinking about is this a likely scenario there are areas that aren't going to be rebuilt at all. Do you agree with that statement? I mean, some things will just never be rebuilt. Obviously, many things will be. I mean, I heard a few people say, I'm not rebuilding. I, I, I can't take this. I've, I've got to get out of here. Uh, so I've been just thinking about everything from that some things will never be rebuilt. Obviously, a lot of things will be because it's such a desirable uh, area. And this is, after all, a 500-year type storm, according to Governor DeSantis. And I'll tell you another thing I thought about. This could actually affect who wins in Florida, including DeSantis. Uh, And I'm not just talking about because of the job that he will do or what will be perceived the job that he will do. You take Lee County, for example. It's 61 percent Republican, 39 percent Democrat. That's not the breakdown of registrations that's how they vote i went back five elections i went back decades it's 61 39 percent we may have different winners because of this hurricane well governor DeSantis has proven to be an extraordinary statesman and and i'm sure he's going to do a very efficient competent job no i think he's going to win but I'm saying a lot of these other races, I mean, you take Herschel Walker, Raphael Warnock. Herschel Walker would clean Warnock's clock in Lee County. What, what if people in Lee County say, you know, I can't, I can't even think about voting. I'm, I'm dead. I can't even think about voting. I'm hurt. I can't even think about voting. I lost everything. I'm saying the whole voting sampling may be altered here, Bob. Uh, it, it may be, Harry. Uh, it, it, it may be, but you know we, we've got strong candidates. We have Marco Rubio running. Uh, and have you seen the polls? He's in like a Vulcan death match. I, I don't, Harry. I, I hear what you're saying, but I'm telling you. You know, look, Trump won Florida comfortably by about five points. 
But when you look at Scott won by a super recount smidgen of a majority, two tenths of one percent or something. Uh, and then you had DeSantis that won by like four tenths of one percent. I'm saying we cannot overlook the fact that millions of Floridians got demolished in the past 24 hours. And I think it's going to have an effect. I don't know which way, but it can't be no impact. It's got to be something. Well, see, I, uh, is it the Trafalgar poll, that's the only one that really counts. I, is, is Rubio, is it close in the Trafalgar yes. poll? Well, I'll look, I'll look at, we're going to go to the halftime break. Hold on with me, Bob. I'll check that one. And I agree with you. Some of the polls are garbage. There's no doubt about it. But past Florida elections have been very, very close, with the exception of Trump. They've all been like under 1%. And now I'm looking at, my God, millions of people have been demolished here, hurt really bad to different degrees, some with loss of life, some with injury, some with property damage, uh, some that can't, they won't even be home in a month. You think like voting by mail is going to be something they're even going to give a, a you-know-what about, a flying uh, poop about. Uh, so I, I'm, I am very concerned on the top of the, the list, the priorities of people, human resource value. But just as a um, an aside, I see this having an impact that's unknown at this point. And again, I'm not speaking about... I, Governor DeSantis is going to do a great job managing the, uh, the, 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 the disaster. He's not going to get much credit. The Democrat media, they're already carving him up uh, quite a bit. He's not going to get it from any of them. But I just think there's, a, there's an impact here that we, we don't know what it's going to be. And I, I wish this didn't happen at every level. One, the pain, the loss and everything uh, about that, and also, too, the, um, the electoral aspect to it is, uh, in my opinion, making this, I think it's going to be really hard to even poll uh, who's winning for the rest of this election. I don't know how you can do it. We will be back in just a few minutes. Don't go away. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. 31 minutes past the hour. Harry Hurley with three stories you can follow on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. Atlanta County Republican Party Chairman Dom Purdy has come out swinging over the improper use of a county-owned vehicle. We have the story. He hits hard. Atlantic City Mayor Marty Small may be facing a criminal referral that's being sent to the Atlanta County Prosecutor. And Atlantic City Council President John Devlin said regarding John Devlin, quote, we were lied to. From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. Well, happy last day of September. October will begin wet and windy and cloudy and miserably cool. Thanks a lot, Ian. Mostly cloudy today, high 66, an increasing chance of showers as the day goes on. Rain will continue spreading in tonight. It'll get breezy, low 59. And tomorrow morning through midday looks nasty, heavy rain and gusty winds. Potentially drier in the afternoon and evening. A few showers and windy Sunday. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. 
When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and the WPG Talk Radio app. Bob, uh, this is interesting. As soon as I started to look at the numbers, I thought, I, look what I did here. I actually morphed the Rubio Denby with DeSantis and Christ, but it's still not um, as comfortable for DeSantis as it should be. Let me give you the last several polls that are out. This one I don't believe, but the latest poll that I that I have here, and this, this is every single poll that's been taken uh, since uh, August, September 21st, it's got to be a Democrat poll. It's called the Political Matrix. I've never heard of it before. The listener group. Christ is leading DeSantis 53-47. I think that's <laughs> it's completely an outlier. There's another one, uh, Civics, but Civics is spelled with a Q. That was September 17th to the 20th. Christ is leading, I'm sorry, DeSantis is leading 52-45. Then you have the Suffolk University poll during the middle to the third week of September. DeSantis 48, Christ 41. There's an outfit uh, I'm not aware of called Sachs Media, 5145, Christ. So when you income average them all, and there's like three or four more, it's 49.8 to 44.2, uh, comfortable 5.6 percentage point lead for DeSantis. And it's probably bigger than that because, again, I think that one, uh, one in particular uh, is an outlier. There's no way that Charlie Christ is winning by six points. But who I was thinking about – Rubio and Denby, that race is right now within the margin of error. And in one poll I saw, Rubio had less than a one-point lead. In another one, this I didn't look up, it's just off the top of my head. The other one, uh, Rubio was barely just under two points ahead. So he's in a tough match, I think. Again, I expect him to win. But when you have something like what's happened now... You never know how that's going to play out. I had a listener write. I didn't have a chance to write him back because I was too busy during the break. But he said, where are people going to vote, you know, when they have nowhere to live? Well, you can vote by mail. You know, that's not a problem. But are you going to want to vote? Do you even care about voting if you've lost your entire home and things like that? I'm, I am very concerned about this, Bob. No, I, I understand what you're saying there. Lee County is is a Republican stronghold. Uh, same with Collier County and uh, Naples. Uh, no, no doubt about it. Right, and it. so when the people vote, it'll still probably be sixty one thirty nine. But if the vote is is not as big as it normally would be, that's going to hurt in areas that might be Demo- Democratic strongholds where they didn't get hurt as much, and they're going to be voting in bigger numbers. I I, I don't want to I don't want to overstate the case here. Because I don't understand exactly who will be voting and who will not be voting. But depending on who got demolished and who didn't, the actual results of the Florida election could be different than they otherwise were going to be. Hate to say it. So, so uh, Harry, look, look, Robert Gehaley from Trafalgar, he's not even polling in Florida. He, he thinks it's a done deal. I know, but you, you, you keep ignoring the fact, and I know you're not because you're personally and professionally uh, involved. This is not the same Florida that it was 24 hours ago. I don't know what it is but, now. But, it, it, but Harry, look, F- 
Florida has never had a majority of Republicans registered in this state. Because of the great governance that has occurred in Florida over the decades, and in particular since Governor DeSantis has, has been in office, we now have, we now have a, a, I think it's a close to 100,000 majority Republican registered voters. So conservatives have been flocking, have been moving to Florida. They like they like the freedom. They like the lower taxes. Uh, no, no, I agree with you. This would be a great conversation if Hurricane Ian didn't just hit. I don't know. The point I'm trying to impress upon everyone is I don't know how this affects the voter turnout. But, uh, Harry, there, there may be some suppression of votes in those two counties. But, you know, I'm not worried. I'm just not okay. worried about it. And, and right. you know, I'm, I'm usually, I'm usually well, a yeah, pessimist. No, 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 look, in a way, it, it should, if, you know, it, it should play out the way that it will play out. If it's a f- somewhat less turnout because, understandably, people have been hurt so bad, then, then that will be. I, I just don't know if there's a possibility that the math gets altered because the voting sampling has been altered. I, I look, look again. These polls that they're they're either Democrat polls, they're or they're liberal run polls, they're suppression polls. Well, I, mean, I don't know. I don't care about them. I'm just saying I don't know what the impact of the hurricane is to the voting turnout. The the the, the composition of the voting turnout. I think could be altered. I don't know what that means. Maybe Republicans win by more because of the hurricane. Maybe they win by less, which is kind of my suspicion. And maybe they don't win at all uh, because of it. And I don't think that's going to be the case. I'm just wondering how this is going to affect things. No, there there, there might be a, a, a little lower turnout on the Republican side. I, I, I grant you that. I don't think it's going to be enough to make make these races even close. That's well, yeah, but really but Rubio and Denby though has been considered very close, and I agree with you. I do think that the polls are garbage. You know, Testa was going to lose to Andrzejczyk, and and Palestina was going to lose to. Um, they really did Palestina dirty. They they put out polls while people were actually voting. It was the dirtiest thing I ever saw uh, in in elections. Uh, and of course, Palestina went on to to a great victory. So the polls are garbage. Um, but j- I just wanted to bring up the the well, topic because no, I, you no, know. The, the, no the, the 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 Democrat communist they're already using this this tragedy. They are. Yeah, uh, they are trying to politicize it, not just in Florida, but nationally. They're trying to yeah. do it. And yeah, they're trying to say this is climate change. You see, this is look, look, this is climate change. All you climate change deniers. Right. Hurricane on this hurricane on global warming. Truth is, hurricane volume has been down historically. They may be a little more intense, but hurricane volume is down this has been a really late year for hurricanes well what would 1935 in florida which was either the worst ever or if this surpasses that what what climate change bunk does anybody have to say about 1935 because it happened then too bob well exactly exactly and and you know this 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 particular hurricane you know it, it was bad luck 
that's all it was. You know, it's just steering currents and just a combination of factors. The water in late September in that area of the world, in the Caribbean, is absolutely warm. I mean, you know, water temperature in Florida, you ever go down there in the summertime, Harry? I used to love going down there for a little bit because, you know, the humidity and the heat just after a few days, you want to get the hell out of there. But that water temp is like close to 90 degrees. You go swimming off, off Siesta Key or, or you know, any of those areas in southwest Florida, it's close to, you can, you can, you can float in the water for an hour. Yeah, it, which is, which as you know, is total fuel for a hurricane. Right, but that, that's, that's just the way it's been. It's that way, been that way for hundreds of years. All right, hold on. If you stay with me, I have a couple more questions for you when we come back. It's 46 minutes past the hour visiting with Bob Progner, and we've been talking about a myriad of things, including uh, Hurricane Ian. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Don't go away. Life is hectic here in South Jersey, but one thing you don't have to worry about is missing the information you need while you're running around doing a zillion things. That's why WPG Talk Radio 95.5 brings you everything you need to know in six minutes at the top of every hour. National headlines from Fox News Radio, South Jersey News, and your local AccuWeather forecast all in six minutes. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Sean Hannity this afternoon at 3. Now, early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you for visiting with Bob Progner. Bob, I made a comment uh, a little while ago, very early in our discussion. I want to get your take on it. Do you see where people might not ever rebuild again? They might just, just, who knows for what reason, either think it's going to happen again or just have had it or whatever. Uh, or do you think that based on the geography and how amazing the area is that most people will rebuild? I mean, for instance, if you got totally demolished, all of your properties, would you rebuild? Uh, probably. Probably, Harry. Yeah. Yeah. Probably would, but I, I can afford to do it now. A lot of the tragedy is the real tragedy is you know it's it's not for the you know the, the very wealthy people that got wiped out they'll rebuild no problem the real tragedy is tucker tucker on tucker's show the, the lead story the first report was from a, a trailer park in placida florida which is just on the other side of the boca grand causeway and yeah, this poor woman, she was she lost her husband about a month ago, and she was trudging through oh, um, all Bob, the... Bob, I saw that, and she said, I'm strong, because the, the, the reporter said, um, you know, something to her, and she said, you know, th- like, does she need any help? And she said, no, I'm, I'm strong, I can do this. I was heartbroken when I saw her say she lost her husband two months ago, and now she lost her home. And then whatever belongings she could find, she had them in one of the typical garbage cans that most municipalities now have. You, you know that one can, ladies and gentlemen, that you put out on the street every week, uh, the plastic, whatever it is, rubber with the lid, uh, connected lid. That's what she had, all her husband's belongings and things in a garbage can, Bob. It was heartbreaking. Yeah, I, I you know, Harry, I, I have that 
that on you know on tape. I tape Tucker show every night, and I'm uh, I'm gonna see what I can do about uh, I. I I know what the woman's first name is, but and this this is a classic case of 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 giving to somebody. I mean, if I if I can get her name, I'm I'm going to send her not not a hundred bucks. It's going to be a lot more money. Well, you can you can get her name, and if you can, I can. Uh, I'm sure if you don't, I have I have Tucker's private cell phone. His scheduling person would know who that is or could be able to get it. Because the Fox News people, you know, they they get the names of these people that they bring on TV. Uh, they pretty much they don't just walk up to people. They know that they're bringing them on. I don't know that they have to sign a disclaimer beforehand, but uh, they can get that person's name, and that would be uh, that would be amazing, Bob. Yeah, I'm I'm going to do that, uh, and, and yeah, I'm I'm going to I'm going to you know I'm going to get in touch with Tucker, and 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 he'll he'll get that for me, but. Uh, um, you know, and I'll tell you, if, if any any of your listeners, if if you just want to, you know, if you're able to, to watch that that the, the video of, of of what happened to that woman, and and you know, I'm I'm you know, it's if if you if you can donate to to that Florida relief fund that they're going to that Governor DeSantis created. Uh, you know, these people need help. They really need help. And, and you know, I uh, that's going to be on my agenda today to get that woman's contact information if I'm able to. So I think you know. you, I think you will be so, able to. And, and they'll be especially yeah. looking to get you what you need when they find out you're going to be helping the person. So that's yeah. uh, that's awesome, Bob. Well, hey, you know, like, you know, I was very lucky, Harry. I've been lucky in a lot of ways in my life. So, you know, this. Uh, that put a face you know, on this, though, didn't it, Bob? When uh, when when she was just sure did. she just sure looked did. shocked, and she probably was mm-hmm. in shock, mm-hmm. and just you know, she, but she she displayed such strength, didn't she? Oh yeah, yeah, she sure did. She sure did. Yeah. So you know, you want know, that, that's what charity's all about, right, Harry? I mean, it's 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 really not for for people that that you know, are in horrible situations because of their terrible decisions they make. It's it's really people that have no control and, yeah. and they get, you know, they, yeah. you know. Well, that's why we do what we do with the Hurley Charity and that's why we're doing what we're doing and you and Cindy will be with us uh, and you're a big part of it uh, one week from tonight at Resorts Casino Hotel. It's, um, it's so important to, to give back and... Uh, to, to have the opportunity to help all these different not-for-profits that are doing such important work. And it's been especially important, Bob, the last couple of years during the um, the pandemic because many – we've been fortunate. Our one event is an outdoor event. We, we never missed getting it in. We found a way to get the dinner in. We moved it from April to October, uh, and then we kept it there because it, 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 it really is a good time to do it, actually, and especially, um, you know, usually weeks – you know, or a month before the election. So it's really a good timing um, for that. But that's why we do it, Bob. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's, uh, you know, if we're, we're fortunate enough to be able to help people and that, that really need our help desperately. You know, we, we just need to do it. And, and, and you know, and, and, you know, you know it, it makes it makes you happy. You know, if you're able to help somebody that really needs your help, it, it, it makes you feel wonderful.
wonderful. You know, it's 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 actually a a, a gift to the person making the gift. You know, that's absolutely what, that's what it's all about. You know, so. All right, Harry. I think I've run out of steam. I'm uh, yeah. anyway. Well, and we're we're basically two minutes before the top of the hour, so it's perfect. Yeah. Perfect timing. Keep me posted on that, and especially if you don't get it, because obviously I know all the Fox producers because I work with them uh, regularly. So if you you I know you're going to be able to get it, but if for some reason you can't get it, get in touch with me because I know I can. I will. Okay. Okay, Harry. Right, I appreciate that. Say hello to Harry, Cindy, take care and of I, I'm very happy right, thanks, that uh, you, you guys were spared. Yeah, yeah, like I said, we were, we were very fortunate. Yeah, it's not that you didn't get nothing; like you got some damage, but but not not anything that uh, is is horrific. No, 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 nothing like Sanibel Island. I yeah. mean, my God. Yeah. All right, my friend. All right, Harry. Take care. You right? too. Yep. Right, bye bye. Bye bye. Uh, when we come back, it's going to be a celebration. Our early in the morning special salute to Paul Rotella. He's leaving the NJBA as president and chief executive officer after 14 years. And he has done a great job supporting every single New Jersey broadcaster, no matter what genre, whether your music, whether your talk. Uh, he has represented us in our nation's capital. Uh, he's testified at important committees. He's worked um, very, very hard with the, um, the board that governs broadcasting. Uh, in America, uh, the FCC, and uh, he's just been really fantastic all the way around. He's going to join us next, and then it's going to be an hour of two Dons. We're going to visit with Don Purdy. We have breaking news. If you go to the app, if you go to the website, we have breaking news. Uh, Dateline Atlanta County involving Chairman Purdy. He'll be here at the first segment at 9.05. And then right after the 9.20-ish break, we'll go to Brother Don Hurley in an official Hurley in the Morning mental health break. We're going to be talking about music and memories. We're going to be talking about last night's Lou Pacone dinner in Vineland. We're going to be talking about uh, the upcoming Atlantic City Boxing Hall of Fame big event that's happening next week and a whole lot more. Stay with us. It's early in the morning. Paul is next. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is six minutes past the hour. How do you properly thank someone who has meant so much to you? In our business, you do it by dedicating uh, airtime to do the right thing, to regale in the right way. And what a privilege it is for me, because Paul Rotella is like a brother to me. This isn't just business. Uh, this is also personal. But it is also business, because Paul has been great for our industry. He's been great for our business. He's been great to all of us as broadcasters. He's been there to support us in every way. If you've been around for the uh, program this morning, I've made a number of mentions about many material things that Paul has done over the past 14 years as the president and the chief executive officer 
of the New Jersey Broadcasters Association. And the way this is working out, it just happens to be that today is Paul's last day as president and chief executive officer of the New Jersey Broadcasters Association. And I, I saw no more fitting way than to spend the peak hour of morning drive uh, on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 early in the morning than to honor Paul. And I'm calling this our early in the morning special salute to Paul Rotella, who joins us now. Paul, I, I don't like this, but I like it for you because this now gives you the opportunity to pursue other things that you want to do. Uh, but I'm going to miss you in this role a lot. Uh, Harry, thank you so much. Good morning, everybody. It's uh, <clears throat> Harry, it's my pleasure to be with you. It's uh, I think this is a fitting way for me to uh, exit the uh, representation of the New Jersey Broadcaster Association. It's been a wonderful 14 years. I've enjoyed every day, and it's been a very challenging 14 years. I think that's what made it so enjoyable. For guys like me and you, when everything's going good, it's not as much fun. We kind of like having the, you know, the model, the box of parts to put together. You know, once it's completed, that's nice. But we kind of like having to complete things, to fix things, make them better. That's true. And, well, uh, yeah, that is, that is very true. And I, I, what I want to do this hour is regale about important things that have happened. Uh, let me start with one, and because I am professionally and I'm personally grateful. You reinvigorated, you re-energized, you reimagined the New Jersey Broadcasters Hall of Fame. And let me take this opportunity. I did it in real time, but let me take it, take this opportunity on your last day as president and chief executive officer to just say thank you uh, for finding a place for me in your Hall of Fame. Thank you for the honor of being the inaugural and thus far the only recipient of the Broadcaster of the Year Award. Uh, as you know, these are very meaningful things. It's a team sport, but it's a very meaningful thing for a broadcaster to be recognized in the way that you've done it for um, the people who do what we do. And I just want to say thank you for that. And talk a little bit about what bringing that back, making it better and bigger than ever, the gala every year uh, and all of that, what that meant to you as the, uh, the leader of the organization. Well, it was really important that we found a way to recognize it. You know, Harry, I'm not sure, but I don't think there was a New Jersey Broadcasters Hall of Fame before he started it, was there? I, I don't know why I'm thinking that there was something, but it wasn't annual and it was not organized and it was not it was not complete. If it existed, uh, it wasn't a shell of what you what you did. So it is possible that it did not exist prior to you but for some reason i thought there was something that was in effect um i i just can't um i can't say for sure but anyway you look at it i'm splitting hairs because it was nothing like what you turned it into as grand and everything that you did well you know it's it's something that you know the impetus for that was all these um all these industries had some kind of way of honoring uh, they're stars. You, know, you have the Oscars, you have the Emmys, the Tonys, all those things. And, you know, most of those people <laughs> who get these awards really got their start on radio. I mean, you look at Tony Bennett and you look at Ed, what he did with Tony Bennett way back when. And, um, 
you know, some of the funniest things that I got a kick of out of was that we did a terrible job and we don't do a great job today of really promoting our industry. And I think the easiest way for me to accomplish that was to recognize the stars of our industry. And you certainly have been one of them. Harry, when we first met, you were basically doing your show in Atlantic City. And now you are the number one Fox guest host for across all the different spectrums and platforms in shows on the Fox radio network. You are and still are the inaugural and only broadcaster of the year. I think I told you at the time, I said, Harry, I'm going to be hard-pressed to find another broadcaster of the year because of all the things you did. We made the criteria so hard that you just can't pick one every year. You just can't find a broadcaster of the year. No one has done the type of notable things across a host of platforms and reached out to the community and provided the community service that you exemplified and that made you the inaugural, again, I had to find something even beyond the Hall of Fame to, sh to showcase contributions to our community, to our industry, and generally to the world, <laughs> what New Jersey broadcasters are capable of. And you exemplified that, and that's why we set the standard so high. Um, so that was the fun part of the job, creating ways to recognize achievement and always letting people know that this is not by accident. This takes a lot of hard work. And I remember you taught me that lesson. It was very valuable. When you asked me to uh, guest host a couple times, you know, people don't realize, just don't go on the air. The first five minutes are easy. Anybody can do that. <laughs> but try doing it for four hours and six minutes every day. I remember the, the legendary Phil Boyce, who, uh, you know, started Rush Limbaugh and Sean Hannity and Mark Levin, all these great, um, you know, leaders in our industry, talk show hosts. He listened to the first show I did. And I'll never forget Phil saying, you know, Paul, you did a good job because I want to ask you a question. Can you do it again tomorrow? Yeah. Can you do it next week? Can you do it next month? How about in a year? Can you do it in two years? I said, all right, Phil, I get it. It's not <laughs> something you just do every day. That's, that's why Phil Boyce is the promise keeper. <laughs> that's, his Absolutely. that's his nickname. But he did he, he drove the uh, the uh, example home to me. Yeah. And, you know, sure, you could do it once or twice, but doing it every day takes a special raw talent. You've got to be informed. You've got to be interesting. You've got to be excited about your job. And you definitely exemplify that, and that's why I'm so happy you are and remain our inaugural inductee. Well, I, I, I'm honored. Uh, thank you for saying all of that. Thank you for making all that possible. And I'm so appreciative, not only for all of that, but for all the contributions that you have made over nearly a decade and a half for our industry, as I mentioned, in our nation's capital. Uh, a lot of things go on that people don't even know about. I mean, there are sometimes converging uh, serious things going on in our nation's capital that can dramatically affect our business, whether it's any of the... Um, uh, the, the revenue issues uh, in order to be uh, a music radio station and to play music and for their, it, it to be affordable, uh, to be able to even do it, that we don't get priced out and not be able to do it. And all the other things like the fairness doctrine, which would be obviously injurious and, and horrifically uh, just terrible for our industry. So Paul has been there at every turn 
fighting every battle uh, on behalf of the industry. And that's why we're brothers. That's why we're here today honoring Paul in this early in the morning salute to Paul Rotella, who in just hours uh, will leave his position as president and chief executive officer of the New Jersey Broadcasters Association. And I'm so thankful that Paul could be here this morning because I, I didn't want to let this end without Paul and I having this special hour together uh, to talk about your career and the difference maker that you have been. We'll be back. Don't go away. It's 16 minutes past the hour with Paul Rotella. I am respectfully yours. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is 21 minutes past the hour. Harry Hurley with Paul Rotella, president and chief executive officer of the New Jersey Broadcasters Association. And I'm offering you this opportunity to seize the deal. The South Jersey golf card is now on sale. I honestly can't believe this deal. You can play seven fabulous golf courses for just $149. I did the fast math. Don't, don't, don't applaud all at once. It comes out, it's an odd number, but it comes out to a little bit more than $21.29 per round. It's unheard of. It's a phenomenal deal. Get your South Jersey golf card right now at SeizeTheDeal.com. That's SeizeTheDeal.com. Paul, let me give you an opportunity to talk a little bit about, um, we talked about the human resource level and how you took care of the, um, the broadcasters, which is second to none, truly exceptional. And on behalf of, I don't speak for anyone other than myself often, but on behalf of all of us broadcasters, we're very appreciative uh, to what you did over the past 14 years to, um, to create an environment that was very welcoming to us as broadcasters and, and the recognition programs, the, uh, the, not just the opportunity if you were nominated and could earn your way into the Hall of Fame, but also the other awards that you did for the different public service shows and commercials of the year and all these different things that you did that made it not only a lot of fun, but I know how much our colleagues appreciated the recognition so much. And it takes a special person willing to put the time in and the leadership and all the work that's required uh, to make something like that happen. Uh, it hadn't existed before. And uh, post Rotella, I'm not holding my breath. But I will say this, Paul, there were so many other things. What are some of the things during the 14 years uh, of your job that come to mind to you? Oh, thanks, Harry. There's so many things uh you know, you mentioned the fairness doctrine. You know, a lot of the things that we did, uh, we didn't really talk about because we didn't want to raise too much attention to them. And, you know, basically, there's an old saying, loose lips sink ships and from World War II. And we, um, about five years ago, literally, I remember sitting in the chairwoman at the time, um, uh, Minion Clyburn's office, and she really wanted to get back with the fairness doctrine. And I was with her chief of staff. We were in the room, and I was lobbying a little bit, I guess. But I said, look, this is going to be a very bad thing. And, you know, how can we find a way to forestall this? But we came very close to having that. And we started doing a lobbying campaign in Congress, and we put that to bed. Um, 
as you know, for the last 14 years, the last seven Congresses, we have stopped the deadly toxic performance tax. Yes. Which would have put about half of our New Jersey radio stations out of business. Okay. And worse than that, it would have put a hole in the emergency alert system that we rely upon. Who can remember the trouble we had during Sandy? You know, I feel bad for all my friends down in Florida. Um, in fact, you know, we have a house. We had a house right on Tampa Bay, right on the bay, Harry. And we, I could walk out my backyard and walk right into the bay. And I know that that house is one of the houses that got flooded. And it's really a shame because my brother lives down there on Long Beach Island, on um, Anna Marie Island now. He also lives on Long Beach Island. But he happened to be up here during the hurricane. And I'm so happy that he and his family avoided the nightmare. But, you know, one of the things I'm most proud of was one of the first things I did was we secured a new emergency alert system for New Jersey. And that cost money. It took us going down to the legislature. I remember Governor Christie's chief of staff at the time literally got on the phone with me and we ordered a procurement to get this new system in a benefit of all New Jerseyans. And frankly, you know, that was 13 years ago. We need a new one now because it gets antiquated. You know, look at your first iPhone 14 years ago. Yeah. All right. Look at the new one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, look at the camera. Look at the pictures you took with the first iPhone, and look what you can do now. It's so true, Paul. Also, too, you mentioned Hurricane Superstorm Sandy. Uh, our industry shined. And right of personal professional privilege, Town Square Media shined. We came in as a team. We, we put all of our six radio stations as one. We broadcasted together as a team. We brought on everyone from the governor to all kinds of emergency management people. I remember interviewing Tom Foley. I believe he was the emergency management director at the time of Superstorm Sandy in 2012. Tom, uh, you know how to text me. To say, tell me if I have that right, because we talked to Tom so much that um, I can't remember exactly what years he was the director of emergency management, but we talked to all the emergency management people. We talked to law enforcement. We were able to say that a, that a tornado had touched ground in Longport in real time because Town Square Media invested in us, invested in our equipment. We had, obviously, we have our transmitters. And then when they take a hit, we have backup transmitters. We have uh, backup generators, backup to the backup generators. So we never went off the air, Paul. And I believe that we served a life-saving purpose during that uh harry un- yeah harry that's unquestionable not only did we save lives i know of a couple instances where police officers told me that they were listening to the radio and they heard a caller call in who was trapped and they found out where this lady was and saved her literally during sandy because True. they didn't know about it and it was because she was listening to the radio and she said, you know, I'm really afraid. I don't know what to do. And we got her out of there with the help of the local police. And, uh, you know, that's just one example. There are countless examples. Um, you know, but that's one of the most important. Like I said, you know, radio broadcasting is really a public service. And that's why we got to take it so seriously to keep our equipment up and running in the best shape. And I think it's time now for us to start that campaign again. Whoever takes over after me. This is something that we should look at and keep going with a new emergency alert system for New Jersey. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. And and Paul, another another highlight or a low light, however you want to call it, 
we went live on a weekend. Uh, it was a Saturday, I believe. And we knew that the rioting in Atlantic City was going to be terrible because we saw what was happening around the country. And I have to give credit from Mayor Small, who was out there in the midst of it, to the Atlantic City police, to the um, uh, New Jersey State Police, and all the other shareholders. And it was another occasion where I was able to call Governor Murphy, have him make a comment to, to calm the uh, the situation. And what we achieved, I believe, and part of it was the broadcast. And again, what reminded me to mention that was when you mentioned law enforcement, we had law enforcement making announcements over the air that were helpful to uh, the the very, very dangerous conditions that were happening on the ground. And what Atlantic City was able to pull off was they put down that riot in a way everywhere else in the country that those riots happened. They happened for multiple days. It happened one time in Atlantic City and did not happen again. That was another shining moment. And live and local radio was a part of that. Yep. I remember that, and that's one of the things that makes me so proud. By the way, you know Atlantic City is my adopted hometown now. You know I know. That. I know that. And um, and I got to say, we're very lucky. I mean, we had great relationships with all our governors. Governor Murphy is no different. Uh, in fact, I think Governor Murphy actually has a closer relationship to AC than even Governor Christie had. And um, I think it's wonderful that we have that relationship, and that's largely due, Harry, to your outreach to these politicians. Um, whether they win or lose, you have them on the air. You support the state of New Jersey. You support our colleagues that are working so hard to keep this country and Atlantic City safe. Um, well, and here's the truth, and you know this, Paul, from how you did your job and how you continue to do it as president and CEO. Governor Murphy and I obviously were of opposite political parties, and we have a different philosophy of governance. However, there are so many times where you can work together during COVID-19. We did a lot of important radio together here and nationally when we would have Governor Murphy on Fox News Radio when we would fill in. Uh, and that I feel that's an obligation that we have uh, to work with everyone. And yes, we have forged a really good friendship with Governor Murphy. And Governor Murphy has, whether somebody listening right now doesn't like his politics, Governor Murphy has been very good to Atlantic City. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you can't deny that anyone uh, the federal funding that he has the ability to to distribute at, at, at his choosing. Atlantic City got $17 million for one uh, very important cause, more for another. Uh, and he has really come through for Atlantic City. There's no question about that. We're at the halftime break. Paul Rotella joins us. We're going to be joined by the Atlantic County. Your name has to be Don or your last name has to be Hurley to be on the program next hour because I'm interviewing Chairman Don Purdy. Atlanta County Republican Party chairman for the first segment, and then Brother Don Hurley in an official Hurley in the Morning mental health break. We're going to talk music and memories. We're going to talk last night's Lou Pacone dinner in Vineland. This is a stud former football player that many people don't even know, but Don will tell the story. Uh, we're going to cover the upcoming, it's next week, and it's iconic. My gosh, what a great job they do with it. Ray and his entire team with the Atlantic City Boxing Hall of Fame. It's going to be a who's who uh, extravaganza. We'll talk about that as well. That's coming up.
in the next hour. Back with Paul right after this. Powered by the all-new Bet Parks New Jersey Casino and Sportsbook app. BetParks.com. This is the Town Square New Jersey Info and Weather Network. And this is Harry Hurley at 32 minutes past the hour with three stories that you can follow right now on the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. Atlanta County Republican Party Chairman Dom Purdy is calling out the improper use of a county-owned automobile. He'll speak for himself in about 40 minutes. The Atlantic City mayor may face a criminal referral to the Atlantic County prosecutor, Will Reynolds, and Atlantic City Council President George Tibbet said right here on Hurley in the Morning a few days ago regarding John Devlin and his removal from the ACMUA that, quote, we were lied to. From the Townsquare, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. The center of Hurricane Ian is now 600 miles south-southwest of New Jersey and will start to feel Ian impacts later today. So far, so good this morning. Temperatures mainly in the 50s. We're topping out at 66 today, mostly cloudy with an increasing chance of showers this afternoon into tonight. Getting breezy tonight, low 59. Pockets of heavy rain and gusty winds tomorrow morning through midday. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM, 1450 AM. South Jersey's talk station. Thank you very much. Great one. It's 38 minutes past the hour. If you're just joining the program, you missed a lot. Check the podcast out later today. Once Chris Coleman uploads it, you can download it on the app. The button is right there for podcasts. Click on early in the morning, then just pick the day, the, the date, day, and date of the program that you're looking for. And if you missed the first half of Paul Rotella, you can go on demand and uh, and catch up and go right to it. You can scroll right to where you want to listen. Uh, and today we're visiting with Paul uh, in the 8 o'clock hour. Don Hurley uh, joining us in the next hour before Don, another Don, Don Purdy, and uh we figured this out. I don't know if Don Hurley was the one, the obvious that Don has a brother named Harry, as in Purdy, and Don has a brother named Harry, as in Hurley. It's pretty cool, isn't it? Both Don and Harry's. Uh, so we'll have um, two of the Dons and one of the Harry's coming up in the next hour. Don Purdy will open things up. You can get a head start uh, if you want to know what we're going to be talking about because this morning in the 5 o'clock hour, it's not a pleasant story, but uh, nonetheless, uh, it, it's, it's newsworthy. And that is that there was use of a county automobile allegedly for per- – it seems like alleged is almost not necessary to say, but I'll just say it to, to, to be proper and to, to, to do it right. But allegedly a – county-owned vehicle was used over the course of a weekend, two or three days, um, by a county employee, and uh, Purdy is calling out the entire situation. We'll be talking about that coming up in about 25 minutes. Paul, in, in terms of uh, the past 14 years, it's it's really hard in an hour to condense it all down. What are some of the other things that come to your mind? Well, I'll tell you, Harry, one of the greatest things was all the help I got from all my friends uh, and my family in putting together those wonderful galas we used to have. Um, You know, COVID kind of stopped us from doing that. But, you know, my three sons, my wife, 
we work tirelessly to get those, you know, before and after those conventions every year. And plus, I had a lot of friends who joined that helped. And you know a lot of them because they're friends of yours, too. Um, I also got to say, Harry, thank you for all the wonderful people you introduced me to. I want to thank Mayor Kane, Charlie Kane, who I bought a couple cars from, was did a great job for me. Um, Chuck um, Malibut at uh, Morgan Stanley, who has helped us grow our funds. You know, in 2019, I had to lend the NJBA about $100,000 or we would have went out of business. I mean, that's how desperate things were. Wow. And the long and the short of it is, Today, we have, I guess, a little over three quarters of a million dollars in different funds, and we paid back that $100,000. So um, you, 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 can, you can honestly state that you, the state of the organization is strong and much different than what you had inherited. Oh, God, yeah. And, uh, but, you know, that was, that was also part of the fun and the challenge, you know. And um, it was really nice having experts help me along the way. And I want to personally thank Chuck and Charlie and different people that I've worked with. Your brother Don, who's been a wonderful friend. You know, one of the most fun things we did, if you remember, we actually put Donnie and Marie Osmond into our Hall of Fame as honorary members because they both are broadcasters. And they really loved Atlantic City and came and did a couple shows. And, you know, if things didn't go the way uh, they went with COVID, I think Donnie and Marie were going to come to our next convention. You know, we brought some great star quality to the conventions. We had a Vander Holyfield there, Steve Forbes. We uh, honored um, Casey Kasem, uh, some really great broadcasters that came and brought a little, like I said, star quality to our association. We even had Remy Malik. If you remember, we did an homage to Queen at our last conference, and Remy was uh, going to come, but he was filming another movie in uh, England, and that movie turned out to be, I think the, um, I think it was Mission Impossible or one of the other uh, James. I'm sorry, it was a James Bond film, and um, but he wrote me a lovely letter, you know, saying thank you for the opportunity and regrets that he can't come to visit. But we did bring things up a notch, if you will. You know, the NJBA became a place that people wanted to come to the convention, and I was very happy that we could introduce our broadcasters to some of these very famous and successful colleagues um, across the country, across the world. So that was one of the most, that, that really was the fun thing for us. Um, you know, having that annual get together of broadcasters and celebrating all things broadcast with our New Jersey family. It was so much fun uh, and really iconic. I mean, uh, Evander Holyfield, you mentioned some of the others. Uh, it was spectacular. Uh, your keynote speakers were always uh, phenomenal. Uh, I don't know if we ever uh, shared this publicly, but um, your little brother Harry was helpful in getting Andrew Napolitano uh, to uh, oh god yeah to to do what he did the year as uh, guest of honor and keynote speaker. Uh, just every one of them was very memorable. I have to say right. the, the swag bags were off the charts, uh, so it was always very exciting. Oh, I, I, I meant to tell you this. Let me tell you as we go to the final break, then we're going to – I knew how fast this was yeah. going to go. But, Paul, I, I'm not going anywhere, and you're not going anywhere. This is not, this is not the end. This is just I wanted to honor you today uh, during peak drive time on your last day. So we'll, we'll, we're going to be doing a whole lot together. But let me say this to you um, because Michael Harrison would have been here today 
He knew we were doing this, but he is live on the air with Doug Steffen as we speak. And you know that because you know the show he does, the countdown show. Uh, And so he can't be here, but he wanted to send his regards. And you, you know what a great friend Michael is. Oh, yeah. Let me, let me tell you, Harry, you and Mike are two of my closest advisors and confidants. And I am very grateful. You know, Mike, I met him with Phil Boyce, I'll never forget, at one of my first NAB shows in Las Vegas. And I asked him to come to our conference. And he's like, I'd love to come. And I was, like, really shocked. You know, Mike is a legend. And, and um, having him come as a keynote, I'll never forget that day. Yeah. And I'm like, here, I, I mean, I remember our broadcast is coming up to us saying, I can't believe you got these people to come. I'm listening to people who I've always admired and never thought I'd have a chance to meet. So, so uh, wonderful what you just said. We'll be right back. We continue one more important power segment with Paul Rotella. It's 46 minutes past the hour with Paul. I am respectfully yours. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Hi, it's Markley and Van Camp. Join us later today at 1. Now back to Hurley in the Morning on WPG, Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, South Jersey's talk station. We are back. I was just speaking to the president of Town Square Media, who sends Paul his best regards to you uh, today, being your last day as president and chief executive officer of the New Jersey Broadcasters Association. Michael Rubel just asked me to send his warm regards to you, Paul. Oh, please give Mike my very best and thank him for all his support. Michael's great. Yep. Michael's been there, I guess, as long as I have almost. My gosh. Oh, he has I'm been. so proud of Mike. He's oh, yeah. a wonderful guy. Yep. Yeah, he's, I, um, he's been here almost as long as I've been here. He's been here a long time. Yep. Yes. And he's always held his door open for me whenever I needed anything. He was always there. My only regret is that we can't, couldn't have him on our board of directors. I would have loved that. But, uh, you know, he's so busy down there and he's keeping the ship righted there. That's the most important thing, keeping everything going on our great radio stations. Without a doubt. I know that was always what you talked about every single time. So, Paul, in the eight minutes that we have just for today, but we're going to, you know, we're going to stay close. But for today, what are some of the other things that come to your mind? Well, I got to say, God just blessed me, Harry. I literally had seven. I never saw a flock of Blue Jays. Seven Blue Jays just come up to my porch, <laughs> and I'm looking out there, and the bald eagle just flew by. Oh, my God, look at this. Unbelievable. They're celebrating. It's, it's a menagerie, a celebration. <laughs> it is something. You know, and my cat, by the way, I have a six-toed cat, too, uh, Buster. We saved him from the pound, and uh, he's looking at them with his. Uh, <laughs> but see, Paul, tell me if you knew this, though. I didn't know this until this morning when I was talking about Ernest Hemingway. Six-toed cats are a variety. Did you know that? I thought it was an oddity. Uh, my son has a six-toed cat. I, I don't know. Margie's a very hard worker. I don't know that she could be listening right now. But uh, I can't wait to tell my son because we, we thought, I think we thought, that this is just a real oddity, just six toes. Uh, but Ernest Hemingway uh, just taught me after his, uh, you know, afterlife of Ernest Hemingway, that the six-toed cat is actually a variety that it exists. I didn't know that. It is. I didn't know until I heard it from you this morning. I know. I called Bonnie over and said, listen to this. But I got to love the way they come pawing over. It looks like a little lion coming to you. Uh-huh. Um, it's really cute. Yeah. Anyway, I, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about 
some of the life-threatening experiences I had. But one of the nice things I did, Harry, was right when COVID struck, I shut down our old office in Monroe. I negotiated their way out of the lease, saving us about $250,000 in operating expenses. And I found a wonderful little office in Point Pleasant. And during the shutdown, I, with the help of a couple friends, my friends Wayne and Paul and Mike, we literally, and Zach, we literally like moved single-handedly, if you will, the old office over to a new office that needed to be renovated, completely gutted and redone. And we did the whole thing during COVID. And we opened up in the middle of September of 20. And I'll never forget, I was so happy, really a beautiful mar- um, a marine type of, of um, motif, if you will, nautical motif. And I went to your wonderful golf outing. I came home. And I collapsed on my bedroom floor. Hmm. My wife found me, and that started my three-month journey into a coma and my seven months in hospital yeah. and my rehabilitation. That's still ongoing. Um, you know, but, but definitely, you know, something that was scary. The, uh, the, uh, the vicar of uh, the priest came over and gave me last rites. Um, they told my wife and kids to go in and say goodbye. Oh. Uh, it was really a really a horrible thing. Paul, is that yeah. unbelievable? We 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 saw you at the golf tournament, just like usual, and look how fast that all changed. Oh yeah. Well, think about it, Harry. We were making plans for our convention. If yes. You remember, we put golf balls out. I said, if you find a golf ball with my name on it, you'll get a free invitation to yes. the convention. Yes. I mean, we. I was ready to go. It was. We were going to do a series of TED Talks. It was going to be fun. We had some major industry celebrities coming. I mean, the whole thing was ready to go, but then COVID had, you know, other plans. Like, you know, God had other plans for me. And I thank God every day. You know, he spared my family and me and everybody I know um, that horrible tragedy that could have befallen us. Uh, It certainly was a great life lesson for me. Um, I think, you know, one of the things I was reading this morning in the scripture, Harry, you'll get a kick out of this. Um, it says, I am perpetually with you, taking care of you. That is the most important fact of your existence. I am not limited by time or space. My presence with you is a forever promise. You need not fear the future, for I am already there. Mm. You think about that. <clears throat> I mean, that's. Um, I think I love the fact that John Zarek and I were talking about that at one time, and that, you know, I know you have a healthy fear and awe of God, Um but all of this would not be possible were it not for God's plan. And just like his plan has a beginning, it has no end, or no beginning and no end, I think our relationship is ongoing as well. And that's with all of our friends, our family, and with all the people who are listening today who meant so much to me. Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't thank all my friends at Caesars in the Tropicana. Jimmy Zeris, God bless him, Bobby, Mike, all the people down there that had done so much to make our conventions a success and always are friendly to me and always are welcoming. I mean, even recently at the air show, Harry, we have one of the most supportive groups of friends that donate so much time and value to the NJBA. I don't think we've ever seen that before. And I doubt we'll see it again, but it made our organization successful. It made me successful. And I think it made you successful. We're very lucky and fortunate to have the friends and family we have. Oh, my gosh. If it wasn't for that, that I mean, knows what would be doing. Paul, that is just spot on. I mean, you, you think about it. You mentioned it earlier. 
those incredible galas that you put on that had so many moving parts and oh my gosh just so big in scale your family was right there i mean at ever before during and after i mean huge yeah our families uh are so important i'll give you an example governor ron DeSantis right now think about the amount of weight that's on his shoulders but his beautiful wife i love it at the at each of these press conferences she is standing right there by his side. And has a speaking role. Yes. Yeah, she is awesome. I think her name is Casey. I've never seen that before. Yeah, I think her name is Casey. She's awesome. Well, when she introduced, when he introduced the first lady, I was looking for Nancy Reagan. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's something else. I think that's so cool. Yep, I think that's so great. But, you know, let's not forget, that's some of the bad with the good. You know, thank God we have people who know what they're doing. And thank God for the leadership we're seeing. I think this is going to be another great moment for our country, that we're going to rally around what happened with Ian, with the hurricane. And I think one of the things, Harry, that you and I, I hope you and I can continue to do, is to bring people together. Our legislative successes, our successes with the FCC, our legislative successes in New Jersey, all would not be possible without the cooperation of Republicans and Democrats. It's true. And that's the thing people say, you know, what am I, a Republican or a Democrat? Yeah. I'm an advocate. And that's what we say at our dinner every year, Paul, and you've been at almost every one uh, that's ever existed. This is the 14th. You've been at every one, I think, uh, maybe missed one. And that's what we always say uh, is that uh, it's not Republicans, it's not Democrats. And we have every registration in the room that you could possibly imagine. Uh, Paul, we're at the finish line only for today, but congratulations for everything, Paul, on everything. And to you, Harry. Thank you so much. God bless your audience. God bless you. And God bless the United States. Thank you, Paul. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. Don Purdy. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We are back. It's six minutes past the hour, and it is my pleasure, as I said earlier, last hour, your name either has to be Don or Hurley to be on this hour. I will qualify as the Hurley. Now, if we could get Harry Purdy, it would be Don Purdy and Harry Purdy and Don Hurley and Harry Hurley. That'd be a lot of fun. We may be Mayor, uh, Mayor Chairman Purdy. We need to do that one day. Uh, the brothers Don and Harry on both the Purdy and the Hurley sides would be a lot of fun. Uh, but this is no joke. This is... Um, this is serious business. And obviously, because if you notice, and I have, Chairman Purdy isn't the boy who cried wolf. He's working very, very hard. Uh, he has been an incredible chairman for the Atlanta County Republican Party. But you don't hear him out there just on every little thing, you know, making a mountain out of a molehill or whatever other uh, old expression you want to say. So the fact that and we had a, a very good one-on-one -on -one interview, which permitted me the opportunity to write a story that we filed this morning 
on the digital platform of Town Square Media's WPG Talk Radio 95.5. So check it out if you haven't. But we'll be talking about it in this segment with Chairman, former Mayor of Galloway, Don Purdy. Uh, why he came out on this uh, issue of allegedly a county employee using a county vehicle for personal reasons. And uh, obviously that was something that Chairman Purdy thought uh, should become a matter of the public's attention. And we are joined by Chairman Purdy now. Chairman, welcome back to Hurley in the Morning. How you doing? Good morning, Harry. Uh, thank you for giving me the opportunity. Um, you know, it's a, it's a little disturbing. And as you just said, you know, I don't call for every little thing. And it's because... In life, nobody's perfect, right? I mean, listen, I've done uh, things that, that that probably shouldn't have been in the heat of the moment or said things. But when it comes down to stuff like this and, and you know, as uh, we're chairman, we're actually responsible for our actions and also the actions of the people that represent us, um, county and state office. And I think that this is a problem. And I think that it hasn't been given any attention. That's the only reason why I came forth with it, because... You have an individual that, you know, and you talk about investigation, so I'm not going to get into um, the actual investigation part because that's up to the county and the Board of Election to do. But the, the gentleman admitted to it. He, You know, there was witnesses that actually seen him do it. Um, and it, it, it disturbs me that the chairman has not come out and said or did anything about it. But if it was the shoe on the other foot, he is so fast to ask for resignations from any Republican uh, at this point. And that's why I'm, I'm saying it. It's a board of elections. It's the most trusted office that we have in the county because you're dealing with people's votes. And for somebody to turn around and take a county vehicle, joyriding, as I call it, because, you know, he went to he went to several parties over the weekend, barbecues, and, and one of them was the chairman's. He was actually at his own house with it. So I, I just have a problem with ignoring things. Um, if, if somebody in my camp did something wrong, I would have to address it. Do you think, Chairman, is that a culture that was in place? Is this a one-off, or was this something that's been done over the years with regularity? I mean, could this be the only two or three days that this ever happened? Well, from now after, you know, Harry, I'm pretty new at this chairman thing. Um, and it's a big difference from being, you know, just an advocate for Republicans or a mayor and actually being the duties of a chairman. So, you know, Chairman Suleiman has been doing this a lot longer than I have. Um, and as this came to light, which was immediately, it happened on a Friday night. And I found out about it on a Monday morning when the gentleman was questioned about it by one of my representation uh, employees. And, and... They say this has been going on and on and on, and nobody's ever done anything about it. And there's a liability there. I mean, um, you're driving a vehicle that you're not authorized to drive, and at the end of the day, God forbid there was an accident. You know, nobody plans on getting into an accident, Harry. I mean, I own a body shop. You always tell people we meet by accident. Yeah. Nobody plans on a Tuesday morning or Friday morning, less, oh, we might be getting into an accident this afternoon. It happens. It's a, it's a freak of nature. It's unfortunate it does. But... This gentleman, his personal car broke down, and he thought it was just fine. He didn't use it to go home. He was joyriding around with it all weekend. And the bottom line is, obviously, that's against county policy, correct? Absolutely. And, again, I don't want to get into um, 
disciplinary actions on the county side because they're doing their own investigation and they're doing this and they're doing that. My part is as a chairman, you're responsible. That is his direct appointment. Um, you, there is Republicans that are direct appointments by the Republican chairman, and there's Democrat uh, direct appointments by the Democratic chairperson. And that's his appointment. And I am very surprised that he has not called for a resignation or anything in that nature because they just think they're going to brush it under under the carpet. And, you know, I, I hope that the county as well as the Board of Elections are going to do their job. This guy admitted to it. It was proven. Um, so, and that's why I say investigation, the guy's already admitted to it and he's admitted to it to the Republican counterpart. What that's do you, th- problem. what do you think should happen? Well, listen, um, I don't know what's going to happen, but you know, just out of curiosity, uh, you know, I called enterprise enterprise, uh, car rental, and we got an actual quote on it just to see what you're dealing with, with value. Um, the value does not take into consideration if there was an accident and the liability, but it comes down to the chairman. The chairman has asked for multiple Republicans' resignations over things of nature of basically saying that, you know, and we've said it, Harry, if you can wait in line at Target and so forth uh, with the pandemic going on, or you got to have show your license and this and that, he's called for resignations. And he's used the, the line as being at the Board of Elections. Well, this gentleman's in the Board of Elections. He handles these ballots and everything else. If he can steal from the taxpayer and, and, and do this, and you know what, I can't prove it, but as people have acknowledged over and over, what, what, what can he do? It's almost like his own rules over there. I did reach out. I sent a copy of my report uh, to Michael Suleiman because he and I have a good relationship. And I asked him for his comment, and I said that I will promptly add his comment to this. It's unusual, but I have not heard back. I, I think this is one of those things where uh, it's just somebody appears to be caught. There don't appear to be any answer, good answers. Uh, and so perhaps just try to let it just, you know, wither on the vine and and be forgotten and just go away uh because usually you know you know Suleiman and so do I he's a fighter he's a fighter for his team uh I don't know that there's any fight for this because it appears to be pretty cut and dry doesn't it well that's my point Harry is if if there was an investigation and had to go long drawn out and so forth I get it he admitted to it he was caught red-handed so at the end of the day, I would have thought that the chairman, since he was at his barbecue at his house, would have turned around and said, you know what, um, employee so-and-so, this shouldn't have been done. You shouldn't have done it like this. You, you, had no, you had no authority to do it. You put the liability not only of the county and the taxpayer, but also his party, his own party, at risk. You know, what are we going to do here? Nothing. It's been... It's been quiet as can be. And if that was a Republican that did that or anything even close to it, Suleiman would be on the highest, highest building in Atlantic City screaming for resignation. This isn't right. He'd be calling me out on everything. I've never called this chairman out on anything since I've been chairman. Nothing. Nothing. You know, they come and protest all their little events and they think it's cute. You know, you know we had the vice president of the United States come into town. 
or you know or even when the president at the time you know now well, he wasn't he was he was he was actually just Joe Biden then you didn't see Republicans up and down the street protesting these guys I mean Jeff Andrew whether you agree with him or you don't agree with him he's doing a private event and a, and the Democrats go protest to him and dress up in these funny little costumes enjoying themselves Republicans don't do that. We work. At the end of the day, they say it's the right to protest. And it is. Absolutely. It's part of the, the United States Constitution, your, 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 your value of your words. And, and by the way, I do agree. I, I like Michael, but I do agree. Don't change any of these circumstances. Make it a Republican Board of Elections employee or any other Republican. And if they took a vehicle and they went to the Purdy party uh, and, and don't change anything except flip the script, he would be going bananas right now. No doubt about it. There would be a press release already written. Uh, and, and and look, the, the, the day is long, but usually he's a pretty early riser, not super early, but usually I would hear from him on something like this that I've written and I haven't. And I suspect it's because he doesn't have any good answers. Well, again, you have to be you have to be responsible for your actions. So at the end of the day, if it happened, which we know it did happen, you know, you have to just stand up and say, you know what? I was wrong. This shouldn't have happened. Uh, and it's his direct appointment. That's the problem. So the process is the process. But he is the chairman that appoints these people to the boards. It's his actually. So no matter if the county said, well, you know what, we're going to give you a whatever it might be, suspension or or termination or just a written reprimand, whatever they decide to do. The chairman should come out with his own statement because he appointed this individual. Yeah, it's not part of I know some people are thinking, oh, it's very partisan. It's not partisan. It's a fair comment that he is the direct. It's a direct appointment. So and and I'm sure privately he's probably going to say, hey, look at the aggravation you're causing me. You know, Hurley wrote an article. Purdy's on the air with Hurley. You got, you know, causing these problems for me, you know, because you're a knucklehead and you're taking taking the car and all this stuff. He'll probably privately address it. But it'll be interesting to see if he feels that he doesn't have to publicly address it. I think he does. He does. And, and, you know, it's no different, as I said in my statement that I'm putting out. That Mrs. Jones, the taxpayer, her car breaks down and she goes over to the county motor pool and picks a vehicle that she would like to drive for the weekend. What is the difference? She's a taxpayer. She's got skin in the game. What is the difference? She's unauthorized to do it. Well, so was this individual. Yeah. And nothing. Nothing was said. And it's bad enough that you went to two barbecues with it and one being to your bosses, which is the, 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 the Atlanta County Democrat chairman. You went to his house. Yeah, with the county car. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty out there. Uh, Chairman, we're going to stay close. Uh, we have a very representative piece up, and it's been up since 5 o'clock this morning on the digital platform, the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. Uh, well, when you put out your full statement, we were very fortunate to be able to have a one-on-one interview with the chairman, which gave me the opportunity to write the first story about this. When you put out your statement, we'll attach it a link uh, to this coverage that we have. And if there's anything else that develops or you need us, you know where to find us, Chairman. Well, I appreciate it, Harry. All I want is Chairman Solomon to stand up and be the chairman that, that he is elected to do and take responsibility for his employee. That's all I'm asking. That's all I want is that, that to happen. So and Because he would demand it of you in return. 100%. He, he, they torture us left and right. 
It's a fair comment. Uh, Chairman, great to visit with you. Thank you, Harry. You have a great day. You do the same. Atlanta County Republican Party Chairman Don Purdy. When we come back, Don Hurley. And what we're going to do is suspend all the politics, all the hot talk, all the stress. There's so much that's going on right now that is very, very difficult, obviously, with what's happening in Florida and everything from loss of life, which is so precious to injury, bodily injury, to to untold unimaginable property damage to everything else that's happening. Uh, my friend was just telling me a little while ago, some of the universal like roller coasters and stuff like that stuff was hanging off and all kinds of things. And it's just a very, very challenging time. We're going to talk about pleasant things for the rest of today's program. Don't go away. It's 20 minutes past the hour on the Hurley in the morning program. If you love South Jersey's talk station, then the WPG Talk Radio app is a must-have on your phone. Listen to all your favorite talk shows around the clock and instantly call them with just the tap of your finger. Download the Hurley in the Morning podcast. Send us your pictures and videos of breaking news and more. It's the WPG Talk Radio app, a free download from South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And this is Healthy Life. Hey, it's Tom P. Join me for Rack and Fin Radio tomorrow morning at 5. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you, Tom P. That is tomorrow, 5 a.m. He starts live and local on Saturdays, followed by John DeMassey, 9 to 12, with Talk With a Purpose, and then Carmen Murata and Tony Mark presents at 12 noon for two hours with Carmen. All right, Don Hurley, in a suspension of all the other stuff that we do all the time, and we call it official mental health break here on the Hurley in the Morning program, we're going to talk music and memories. We're going to I do want it for just a brief moment. We'll we'll begin with it that way cuz we've talked about it before, but it literally is 2 days ago was exactly 20 years since the extraordinary Saturday, September 28th, 2002 Paul McCartney concert at Atlantic City's Boardwalk Hall. Uh, it, of course, Don was in the house. Uh, Don made it possible for me to be in the house. And then Mayor Langford made it possible for me to be in Paul McCartney's dressing room. Uh, it was a very, very good day. Uh, and I can't believe that that is 20 years ago. Does that seem like that's a third basically of our life ago? Does that seem possible, Don? It's so crazy. You know, we were just talking about Harry. It's just, you know what I find anymore? I do everything by just a factor of two everything is twice as long ago as i thought yeah you know if i think it happened two years ago it was four and that seems like 10 years ago it seems like a few years but not 20 yeah i'm gonna say i i if you told me it was 10 years ago that feels about right i don't feel like it was five years ago but i don't at all believe that it was 20 but by the calendar uh it's provable it was and uh what i love about the piece that i wrote I've written two pieces about it. I got a hold of the entire set list. We were then able to embed links to each song and stuff about each song and then a link to be able to play the song. And that was 30 songs in the original concert and two encores with three songs each. I always remember the 30th song was Hey Jude. 
because Paul McCartney does that a lot. It's really a great song for audience participation. And, you know, it's a great way to end the show. But wink, wink. You knew he was. I don't know about you. I did not expect two, three song encores. Did you? Oh, no, especially after the, the he had already played two and a half hours. It yes. was incredible. No, I expected maybe a couple of songs. But, you know, what? It, 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 there are certain songs he knows he has to play, you know, and, and there are songs they, they want to play. And, of course, he was uh, touring a new album at that time. So, you know, you, you try to get it all in and not disappoint the fans. And Well, he didn't – I can't think of a song, every song that I would have wanted him to do – he did. I, I even loved when he brought out um, George Harrison's ukulele and he played the song with the ukulele. It was really a special night. And, you know, being a broadcaster, one of the things I, I regale and remark about, I just can't believe it. The man didn't take a sip of water. I kept looking. Didn't take a sip of water uh, in almost three hours uh, at age 60. It was remarkable. And And to this day, I have to say, I know you and I have gone back and forth on this because there are other very worthy um, competitors to this statement, but I just believe it's the greatest performance in Atlantic City history, musical-wise. Well, at least, definitely by one person, for sure. I mean, it's just incredible. And I've seen McCartney six times and all, and that show in particular, there was, I guess, you know, he was home for us, that that factored into it, but the, the sheer performance of it, I'd never seen McCartney better than he was that night in Atlantic City. And boy, I wish they had filmed that one. If they had made a, a live recording out of that concert. Uh, and I've never even seen a clip from it. I've, you know, is uh, it, is it, Well, you remember, like 2002, we had phones, but I don't even know that they had, uh, they didn't have um, video recorders. I don't think so, no. And they were really terrible pictures, too, if you recall. They were really grainy and uh, the, the first images when you look at today it, it's just incredible you know the, the quality of the pictures uh you know if you're dealing with a camera now that it, it with the exception of lenses and certain abilities it takes a picture as good as a commercial photographer's camera it's incredible yeah it truly is and uh what what a beautiful experience to actually spend quality time you know, if you spend one minute with someone in a quick little meet and greet, there's no there's no way to draw much from that. You're happy it happened. You, you got to shake the hand maybe and pose for a picture real quick. But to speak to him for about 40, 45 minutes, literally until the second, because he said, stay. I, I was in shock. Stay. Because it wasn't like we were just, you know, leeching, you know, and not wanting to leave. Like, get the hell out of here. What are you still doing here? He said, stay. He said, I want you to stay until I walk out onto the stage. How about that? Yeah, it's remarkable. Let me, let me quote Jack Cittarelli. Who does that? Yeah. Who does that? Yeah, well, yeah, McCartney. Yeah, McCartney. He, you know, it just shows you how relaxed he is because, and it's no, it's not for any bad reason, but some entertainers, you know, you, you can't even talk to them before the show. You know, they, they, uh, they're, they're getting up for it, and he's so relaxed. And that, that's, you know, once in a lifetime, Harry, you and Mayor Langford, that, that, you know, it's something that very few people can say they've spent nearly an hour with one of the Beatles and certainly Paul McCartney, for sure. Well, I love the story, and you gave me the, uh, the album. Uh, I love the Donny Osmond story. I forget exactly. You might remember it better than I. You should probably tell it. But Donny Osmond is at the same hotel as Paul McCartney. Where, what Are they actually not even in the country? Are they outside the country? 
Where are they? Oh yeah, they're yeah. I'll tell you where they were. They're in England, right? And you know, because the Osmonds, Harry, they're they're gods in England. I don't know if people are aware of that. I mean, they've been big stars in America their whole lives, but in England, they're it's it's a whole new dimension. Uh, they're just they're huge stars to this day, Harry. They you know they sell out stadiums, and so uh, Donny Osmond was was touring in England, and he happens to be in the same hotel as Paul McCartney, who is only there because he's going to bring his young daughter, Stella, to uh, Donny Osmond's concert. Well, he knocks on the door, unannounced. Donny opens the door, and it's Paul McCartney. And he's got a photo, an 8 by 10 photo, already printed out of Donny Osmond. And he's asking, Paul McCartney is asking Donny Osmond for his autograph. It's for his daughter, of course, but in any event, it's Paul McCartney asking Donny Osmond for his autograph. How, how, is that? how crazy is that? And then Donny tells the story how when he saw McCartney at a recording studio years later, he had to ask him, did you really come to my room and ask for my autograph? Because he didn't know for sure if it if it you got to admit that is a funny story. He didn't know for sure. I'm sure he did, but but he still wanted to check it out to make sure, triple check. He didn't know for sure if that actually happened. And then Paul McCartney told him, yeah, that happened. <laughs> I mean, that's just- oh, yeah. Well, yeah, because, you know, he, he was it was so surreal. Imagine you imagine having a knock on the door like that. And then, of course, there are all these Beatlemania guys out there. Some of them actually look like McCartney. And he was just blown away. Like, did this really happen? Well, it did. And she was a huge, still to this day, a huge fan of Donny Osmond. Yeah, I just, I, we have to get the break in, but I just love when Donny Osmond imitates uh, Paul McCartney. I, I won't be able to do it, but it's something like, I'd, I'd like you to sign this for my daughter. <laughs> it's so funny to hear the story. And, and McCartney is the biggest star on the planet. And he's asking Donny Osmond for his autograph for his daughter. It's just very, very cool. 35 minutes past the hour. It's a full-blown official early in the morning mental health break segment of the program. We're going to be talking about when we come back. I I could talk about McCartney uh, for the rest of today's show with Don. But we're going to be talking about some other things. And I think we'll go sort of chronologically. There was an amazing dinner that I heard about. And Don was there. Lou Pacone dinner in Vineland. Don, I think a lot of people listening, you don't even know who Lou Pacone is, but he's a great man, and there's a really neat story there. And then after that, we'll take our final break, and when we come back from that, we will talk about the great Ray McCline, who I'm such a huge fan of, and the Atlantic City Boxing Hall of Fame, which begins on the night of our dinner, culminates on Sunday with the big event, the induction and all of that. Uh, and uh, Don has been a, a really great working partner with Ray McCline for a number of years. This has really turned into one of the epic boxing gatherings of, I would say, this generation. It, it is an amazing event that takes place, and uh, Don will fill you in on a lot of that as we continue. With Don, I am his just slightly older, two-minute-older twin brother, Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. It's early in the morning, anytime, anywhere on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, thank you for that. 39 minutes past the hour, a lot of ground to cover. And as they say in the business, so little time to do it. Fortunately, we have until Kilmeade 
at six minutes past the top of the hour. That's going to really help us this morning because we have a lot of ground that we want to cover with Don Hurley. Uh, I, I, I want to find a little smidgen of time to talk a little music and memories as well. Although Paul McCartney, that certainly files under the music and memories uh, portion of the program. So, Don, tell us, I now know who Lou Pacone is. What a what a treasure. What a what a cool thing. And I understand it was quite a special evening in Vineland and you were there. Tell us about I think a lot of people listening and it's no disrespect intended. A lot of people listening don't know who Lou Pacone is, but they should. Yeah, he's an extraordinary guy. Lou, he's always been a great human being, and I'll tell you more about what he's still doing with his life. But Lou Pacone played in the National Football League for 10 years, Harry. Played with Joe Namath in, in the Jets in the 1960s. Uh, was traded to the Buffalo Bills and played with O.J. Simpson. And even O.J. Simpson said Lou Pacone is the most popular player in Buffalo. There's no doubt about that. Even O.J. said that. Now, I want to I brag about something because you're not going to say it about yourself. You interviewed the Broadway Joe, uh, the man who I think was the first man to wear white cleats in NFL history. You interviewed Joe Namath, and you found him to be a really cool, kind, nice, extraordinary guy, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Well, you know what it was? It was so, it was so nice because I'd gotten to work with Joe several times through the years. You know, we used, used to do the dignitary protection at these different sporting events, you know, the sports shows, collectible shows in Atlantic City. So I got to know Joe a little bit through the years, but uh, and he remembered that, which was very kind. But my great friend Glenn Lilly was, uh, is one of the committee members for the Lou Pacone uh, Week. It really wasn't just a day. They're calling it Lou Pacone Day, but it's really been Lou Pacone Week in Vineland and all the way into Millville because this guy is he's the first uh, – First person from Vineland ever to make a pro uh, professional team, sports team. That's one thing. Now they have uh, a few more this year alone. Two two young men from Vineland are in the NFL, and uh, they were represented last night. But uh, Glenn did such a great job with his committee, you know, and, and uh, everybody involved, Mayor Finucci, and they really dedicated uh, several days to Lou Pacone's life and his career. And so, as part of it, Glenn and I interviewed three of the important people in Lou Pacone's life, his professional life anyway, and that is Joe Namath. He and Joe Namath are great friends to this day. Uh, their parents were friends and uh, cooked for each other. And uh, when when Lou was one of the Jets, he, he, once again, even it's Joe Namath saying, this, this guy is, he's New York, Lou Pacone, you know, he's the New York Jets. And so uh, he plays five positions, Harry. He can, and, and actually, he could be the quarterback too. He's he's five nine, one hundred and seventy five pounds, and he could run right over five people. He's just an extraordinary force of nature. Let, let me ask you if you see. I, I, this is sight unseen to me, because only because of you do I know what he looks like, and I haven't been able to look at it yet. But Glenn has just sent me a couple of pictures. So the big Lil is listening to the program. Good morning, Glenn. So I'll look at those as well. So I know I know what he looks like now because of you. Tell me if I'm on to something here. Doesn't matter whether they played the same position or or not, and they didn't, as far as I know. Uh, but Lou Pacone reminds me of Invincible Vince Papali. I can't. Exp- I mean, do you see any correlation between that? I'm I'm drawing that sort of pulling that out of thin air. It just seems like. 
two guys that you wouldn't expect that did make it. I mean, do you see a little bit of a correlation? Is there is there an analogy oh, there? Without, without, yeah. Oh, yeah. Without question, Harry. They could have easily done, you know, Mark Wahlberg could have done the Luke Cone story, you know, and, and I don't know what you would call him, like made of steel. I don't know what you would call it. But this guy uh, plays every position, and he could be the quarterback, too, if he wanted to, uh, both sides of the kickoffs. I mean, defense, offense, uh, fullback wouldn't need wide receiver tight end you know just incredible player but he only played one year of high school football and then winds up in college and and then to the nfl but he was just he's the type of guy harry and i'm so blessed to now consider him a friend you know we've become friends over these last couple of weeks getting ready for this show i called a show it was a, a tribute you know a dinner uh but in any event, he is just one of the most beautiful people, but he would not be denied. He's like a uh, Jake LaMotta type. I mean, I don't know how to describe him, but you just he knew he would make it. I mean, here's a guy, Harry, you know, with when you think of, you know, size and everything else, everything working against him. Uh, he said he had no doubt in his mind he was going to make it, make it to the NFL, which, you know, how, how difficult is that? Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm impressed by the yeah. whole story. What was what was it like? What was the energy like in the room? Was it just filled with love and great adulation? What was it like? Yeah, it, it was great. You know, Vineland's a very interesting town. I always love Vineland. I, lo- I love going there. Glenn and I have produced several sh- many shows there uh, in the great theater there at the Landis Theater. But it, it's 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 a really spirited town. And there were 300 people, Harry. Anytime you do, you know you know about doing big dinners. Anytime you put 300 people in a room. And uh, and it was just, you know what it was? This was so long coming because Luke Picone, I mean, think about it. He played in the 60s, and he just had a street named after him yesterday. So uh, he's got Luke Picone way, Harry. It's like your way, you know? Hey, hey Harry Luke, Hurley way. Luke, Luke Picone way. I love it. So we're going to post some pictures. But I, I've got a great photo, which I've got to get. I've got to get a few printed out before Luke leaves. But it, it's Luke Picone, Harry playing for the Buffalo Bills with five Washington Redskins trying to take him down. It's it's unbelievable. I've never seen a picture like this. There's one guy who's actually underneath him, four guys surrounding him with, with, and trying, and you see Lou, is he's like a freight train. Now, I think I think they call that gang tackling, only they're not successful in gang tackling him. How does this small man, and I say that with affection and, and, and love and respect as a small man, uh, how does he how does he do that? Well, he's just an undeniable, you know, force. He, he's he's strong. He's fast, and you know, he's got the will. I mean, and that's really all the things that got him, you know, where he is in life and in the National Football League. Who plays who plays ten years in the National Football League, especially with the hits that this guy took? I mean, Harry, he, he, he we saw a play where uh, I'm trying to think the Green Bay Packers. I'm trying to think who the guy was, but he was a incredibly hard hitter. He busted right through Lou's face mask, busted right through it, and got him in the face with his helmet, uh, broke his nose, knocked him out, and Lou didn't drop the ball. Wow. You know, it's just an and, and do me guy, fav- do know? me a favor before we go to the final break. Joe Namath actually gave him top billing on their team, you said. Oh, yeah, as did O.J. Simpson, yeah, because he was that kind of force. You know, the, the crowd just loved him. You know, he was the first guy, Harry. It happened with later with people like Lou Pinella. We used to love that when, you know, Phil Rizzuto would say, you know, they're not booing, they're looing. Yes. And when, when he would make a play, even when he would just come out on the field, 
you know, the crowd would go crazy and, and they would, you'd hear Lou, you know, Lou, they're like, it would sound almost like booze, but yeah, he, he is just a, a beautiful person beyond his play, just a, a leader. You know, they're just people, they're just people like that, Harry, you know, that when they, they walk in a room, I mean, as soon as he walked in a room, if people didn't even know who he was, uh, you notice this guy, he just stands out. He's a remarkable individual. Uh, Glenn sending me the photo, but he doesn't realize I already have it. Uh, it I have to say, this this photo is crazy. It, it, he's got oh, yeah. he's got Washington Redskins hanging off of like every part of his body. They got him low. They've got him high. One guy's got him. Two guys have him around the waist. One's got him right below the waist, and the other guy's trying to get him down low. And uh, whew, this guy tough yeah, it was, it was as crazy. nails. All right. So so when I say the. Um, it shows you. I, I I always say I don't know what I don't know. I now have looked at this and see these number eighty nine. So I know they're doing crazy things with numbers now. I saw a wide receiver wear number seven. They've loosened it up. So he was a um, he was a receiver. Well, but he was everything, Harry. He was special teams. He was on both sides of the kickoff. Okay, uh, and it looks like he was kind of like a small tight end at like no, you know, no, number eighty nine or a wide receiver. So he did it all. Correct. Yeah, that's what I mean. You could put, you could plug him in anywhere. In fact, Namath, when Glenn and I interviewed Joe Namath, he mentioned that he said, you know, how many, how many teams have a guy like this that you could just plug him in anywhere? And I got to say, Joe Namath, what a gracious, good man. He he is such a funny, interesting guy. Uh, we were so lucky, Glenn and I. Glenn made that possible to interview him just uh, last week in advance of the dinner because Joe couldn't make it uh, or would have been there himself. But it was just great because he, Joe Namath, besides being a great star and athlete, he's a really good guy. Let's take the break. I, I can tell. There's no doubt about it. I can tell. 49 minutes past the hour. Let's take the final break. We're going to be right back. And I see that Senator Testa was there. Uh, he, he came with a... Uh, a plaque and or proclamation of some kind. We'll be back. Don't go away. With Don, I am. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Over 10 years ago, we realized how important saving family memories was and we wanted to help. Legacy Box started from that passion and has now helped over a million families digitally preserve their film reels, VHS tapes, and photos. Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Adam. What started with the two of us in a garage is now over 200 trained professionals. Legacy Box is a safe and secure way to put all your favorite family memories on an easy-to-view digital format like a thumb drive, DVD, or the cloud. We ship you a sturdy Legacy Box to fill with all your outdated media, safety barcodes to track your items throughout the process, and a prepaid mailing label. Legacy Box has been featured by Good Morning America and the Today Show. Not bad for two kids in a garage. That's true, Nick. And here's the best part. We always wanted to make it affordable to preserve your entire collection. So we're offering 40% off. Visit LegacyBox.com slash now to take advantage of this exclusive offer. That's LegacyBox.com slash now to save 40%. LegacyBox.com slash now. Sean Hannity, this afternoon at 3. Now, early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. All right, I know Don has another uh, story about Joe Namath that he's going to share, and then we'll pivot to Ray McCline and this truly, you know, the word is overused these days, I think, but this this uh, is not an exaggeration. Ray McCline and his team, 
they have put together a truly iconic Atlantic City Boxing Hall of Fame. And the people that they have drawn, you know, they're not just putting names in and, you know, and these people aren't aren't at the event. These big names, they come to this event in the past, like Larry Holmes and Michael Spinks. And I, I think Tyson came to it one year, Don, but you'll correct me on that. But Don has one more story about Joe Namath. What did he, I know you have the book. I, I, I believe you have the book autographed as well. He wrote the book, I Can't Wait Till Tomorrow Because I Get Better Looking Every Day, something like that. <laughs> is that the book? That's it. And it was, yeah, it was so great. That is exactly it. <laughs> and it was, Harry, it was the first book I ever bought and with money that we earned as paperboys. I'll never forget. It was 1969. And uh, Joe Namath had won the Super Bowl. And, you know, we, we were going crazy because here, here's this guy that guaranteed victory. It was so, it was so unusual at the time. It was so brash and, you know, it just things like that weren't done back then. You know what I mean, Harry? He had the big fur coat he would wear, and of course the white shoes out on the field. But you know what? He talked the smack, but he delivered the goods. Yeah, he delivered the goods, and so uh, it, it was really kind because Glenn Lilly interviewed Joe for the dinner. You know, the dinner portion uh, for Lou because Joe Namath was not going to be able to be there uh, last night, and so. He, Joe Namath was so kind when it was over, he allowed me to interview him for a few minutes about some things that, you know, we had talked about years ago when I was with him in Atlantic City at some different events. But I, I got to remind him it was the first book I ever bought. And I asked him, I said, Joe, you uh, still not wait for tomorrow? And he went crazy. <laughs> he went crazy. And but he said, I'll, I'll never forget it. He said, hey, look, he says, I didn't invent that line, but I sure used the hell out of it. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> he said, you know, they wanted a title for the book, you know, and he was reminded of his days in Alabama, you know, and the whole team there, you know, in this small locker room with just a couple of mirrors. Everyone's trying to get ready after the game. And Joe Namath just happens to look at himself. And he says, I can't wait till tomorrow. <laughs> and the guy <laughs> next to him had no idea what was coming. And so, uh, <laughs> He uh, he said that uh, it just you know it, it was not meant to be arrogant, just funny, and yeah. he's just he, he's such a lovely guy. And you know, then I got to ask him about the Super Bowl, you know, about guaranteeing victory, you know, and he was so humble about that, you know. You know, now, bit, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm trying to go back, roll back the wayback machine. I imagine his team wasn't very happy when he did that because that becomes a big problem. You know, the locker room stuff, you know, on the wall, and it really puts a target, you know, on you. They probably weren't thrilled, if I remember correctly, that he did that. Well, they weren't, you know, and, but also, too, you know, they, they did love Joe, and he was great. I mean, he was the best. And so, you know, you, you kind of, you know, you, you accept the whole package, Harry, you know what I mean? And yeah. so, uh, but they, he, they did say, hey, you, you sure made it harder for us to defend you, you know, because, <laughs> you, you know, they, yes. they wanted to get to him. Yes, exactly. And he doesn't have, hey, Harry, you know, Joe Namath, I did get to say this, he doesn't have bad knees for no reason, okay? Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, that's right. They came. Well, they changed a lot of rules. You know, that you can't hit him low yeah. like that anymore. They went for his knees. Yeah, because, they, you know. They wanted to they, take they him out. To, they, yeah, they wanted exactly. But, yeah, just an extraordinary person. We got to get him on with you someday, Harry. He was kind. He gave, gave us his number, and we got to get him on with you someday because you'll have such a your audience. We'll love to hear. You know, it, it's funny. The only thing I didn't do, uh, I was going to do it, Harry, but it was going so well. I was going to say, you may have the zip code. <laughs> Now, 
<laughs> That's so good. Yeah. Because he's everywhere these days. Those Medicare ads are just, I mean, they're just everywhere. And I, I, prom- <laughs> I promise no no Susie Colbert uh, content. I promised on. So put me in, no, Coach. No I want to play. Yeah, no kiss in the zone. Uh, yeah. uh, Don, I'll tell you, you don't know. I, I looked at that uh, about a week ago because it just cracks me up. And I, I'll tell you who I'm so impressed with. He's mortified by it. He's so apologetic about it. And Susie Colbert, though, she saved Joe, you know, because a lot. Oh, my gosh. You know, a lot of people would go bananas and you'd get canceled. You, you, you can destroy anyone with something like that. She is awesome the way that she handled that, Don. I found, yeah. I found oh, yeah. a way to because I love Joe and I don't want to dump on Joe. I found a way to bring that up. In, 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 a, in a way to be complimentary. Susie Kolber, for those who don't know, Joe was very happy one night on the uh, ESPN Sunday Night Football. I watched it live, and it was surreal. And Joe, Joe was, we'll just say he was, you know, he was very happy at the moment. And Susie is there, and she's asking serious questions because she's really a great reporter, former Ventnor City Beach Bag, a Beach Beach badge checker uh and she poses a serious question and joe says i want to kiss you i want to kiss you <laughs> and he said it like three times and she was just great oh joe i mean just phenomenal and uh you know he is he, he has apologized for that every right way that you can oh yeah you know and you know what it is too it's what's so great about her is you know, she refused to be a victim. Yes. You know, and and so not going to judge Joe Namath on you know a bad night. Yes. You know, exactly. one of his worst nights ever. Yes. So you and, got you got to give her a lot of credit because if she had handled that the other way, oh, it would have been it would have been disastrous. Oh yeah, like you said, Joe would have been canceled. He wouldn't be he wouldn't be saying you may have the zip code. <laughs> it wouldn't be happening. No. So uh, good good for her. And, uh, you know, and good for him the way that he handled it after the fact, because there's a lot of stuff that I'm not going to get into that I know about. Uh, He handled that so incredibly well after the fact and could not have been more contrite and knows, you know, how wrong it was and all of that. But, um, yeah, I'm as you can tell, I'm a huge, huge uh, Broadway Joe fan. And uh, you think about when he was in his heyday, there was nothing bigger in the sports world on the planet than Joe Namath, Don. Oh, yeah. And, and he trend, he, he's the guy, you know, he and Ali, really the, the same time, roughly, uh, they transcended sports. I mean, they, they crossed everything over into pop culture, you know, everything, pop culture, yeah. pop culture, everything, entertainment. And, you know, Joe, Broadway Joe, not for no reason. Yeah. They did Broadway. Yeah. Did, uh, Several months at the Claridge with Glenn Lilly when Glenn was running everything at the Claridge. Remember he did, famously, he did the uh, pantyhose uh, commercials? Yeah, sure. Why do I think they were Hanes pantyhose, which I don't even know if that's true. Because uh, I think no, about they Hanes. they were some kind of ladies. Yeah, Hanes is more of a, of a men's you know underwear line. But anyhow, we have three minutes. Let's make sure we don't do uh, short shrift to Ray McCline and this incredible Atlantic City. And please let Ray know we gave him a, a big boost here this morning because, as you know, Don, and I know you are, I'm a huge Ray McCline fan. He's a beautiful person, a beautiful man, and he has put something together here that is the real deal, to quote Holyfield. 
Oh yeah, and Ray is Ray's the real deal too. You know, that's he, he that's what who I was talking about. He's the real deal, like Holyfield. Yeah, and and so uh, Ray had a dream, you know, because Atlantic City was the boxing capital of the world, and you know we weren't getting fights anymore, and you know Ray wanted to get Atlantic City its rightful place in the boxing world again, and he's really he and his great committee, Harry, all the people involved. I've been a, like a very small volunteer from the beginning, but he's got a committee that works all year long. And give it, give a rundown of some of these great boxing champions that have come to Atlantic City for this uh, Ray McClyne production? Oh, well, through the years, Harry, you've had uh, Mike Tyson, Larry Holmes, Vander Holyfield, uh, Roy Jones. was My- Michael Spinks, Jinx? Sp- Michael Spinks comes every year. He's one of the most gracious people. He comes early and stays to the very end. And I've just almost never seen anybody like him. He uh, He's the type, he's like Billy Martin. He'll say, hey, I'm, I'm getting ready to leave. Can I do anything for anybody? I mean, he's just such a beautiful person, you know. And I want to remind our listeners, especially if you're going to be at the charity dinner and there'll be hundreds of you there, uh, we have a boxing glove that is signed by dozens of former world champions. That glove is amazing, Don, and it's in the silent auction. Oh, yeah. Well, it's going to be good, Harry. We're going to, through the kindness of the Atlantic City Boxing Hall of Fame, we're going to do another one this year which will have uh, Lennox Lewis, Julio Cesar Chavez, James Tony, oh. uh, uh, Pat Lynch, who is Arturo Gatti's legendary trainer, a friend of mine. Uh, that's, that's a story that needs to be made right down the road, yeah. Arturo Gatti. Yeah. But uh, Kevin Rooney, who trained Tyson all of those oh, years. Love it. Randy Newman, Harry. These guys, I mean, Kathy Duva, daughter and sensational promoter herself, daughter of the late uh, Lou Duva. Uh, and posthumously, Harry... They're going to put in, I'll tell you, two of my favorites, two two of my favorites ever in boxing, the great boxing uh, analyst and judge, Harold Letterman. Oh, so and deserved. I got to know him well. I got to know him very well, Harry, and he passed away a few years ago. Uh, and the cut man, Eddie Aliano, people that know boxing know him mm-hmm. as good as there's ever been in the business, Harry. This guy, we used to share the same drugstore in Margate, and I would see him come in and buy his you had needed a prescription for this adrenaline that he used to stop these cuts, yeah. you know. Hey, Don, and, I hate to say this. We're down to 10 seconds. And here's even more sad news. Uh, we won't be here live next week. We would have been able to really promote it on the evening, on the day uh, of the first night of the um, Atlantic City Boxing Hall of Fame. But we're not going to be here. We'll talk about it the following week uh, after the fact. So uh, thanks for a great visit, Don. You bet. Yep. Take care, everybody. You know it.